Hi, it's Tony Zipporah, people on there, and we are here in Africa chugging down the mighty rivers. Oh, this is to the boat. It's chugging along. What's that I hear in the distance? It's a, it's a monkey and other various sound effects from the African sound effect record that is played constantly through this movie of our week, The African Queen. We better have that African sound effect record on hand because it's going to take me half an hour to source all these sound clips on YouTube. But yes, look, it's the Indians and the pirates or whatever, whoever lives yep, in the Africa Indians in, in Africa. <laughs> There's a chicken in, in what animals are in Africa? I've never seen a lion. There's a dragon and a chipmunk and yes, we are going down the boat on Africa. Which so wait, who's who's Catherine Hepburn and who is Bogey? Oh man. Can um, I just be all the garbage <laughs> in the corner? Can I just be the yeah. torpedoes? I am the the rusty tea they drink. Oh god, yeah, the rust. I am I am mm-hmm. the rusty. You're basically the star of the movie then. Bogart, I I know he didn't. He was a too. sex symbol. He's like a hairy, <laughs> teethy, <laughs> pale well, okay. mess. Yeah, I, I, this was uh, African Queen. Uh, there's a couple reasons I picked it. Yeah, the first, yeah, yeah, the yeah, first I'm scene, about this. I was like, I was doing a bunch of tedious paperwork at work, and mm-hmm. I was like, I want something besides just a podcast to kind of yeah. do. So I went on Netflix, and Netflix at this moment in time is a vast wasteland of either Bollywood movies, yeah. straight to Netflix shit, or other garbage you don't care about. But yeah. uh, African mm-hmm. Queen was sitting there, and that was always one of my mom's favorite movies. So I was like, ah, I'll, I'll put the African Queen on while I do this tedious shit and okay. have it so in the background. Seen Big so before, it seemed it decent is. enough. I was like, yeah, we could do this as a project. Yeah, and my it's mom, a pretty affable movie. Yeah, my mom liked it because <laughs> the way she put it, it's a story about two ugly people falling in love. I mean, they're not ugly, even though I was just making fun <laughs> no, of them. No, but compared to best. like. Compared to like your typical movie movie stars, yeah, it's not like she might have not said ugly. She might have said like real people. Yeah. Real I mean they people. are. I mean it is. It's not Cary Grant and who's a hot forties and fifties thing. I can't even think of anyone. But yeah, it's, well it's not. It's not like Cary, Cary Grant and Marilyn Monroe or anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's two older people. They're in their forties, fifties. They're a little ragged. She's she's skinny They're, and erotic. He's dumpy and haggard. He is also no. He's not dumpy. He is also skinny. Oh, he's skinny, but he but he's not, like he's unshaven. He smell. Yeah. He looks. It looks like he smells like an armpit. <laughs> and she's this, all like, this whole movie <laughs> looks like it smells like an armpit. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, really nice. This whole movie looks really weird because it's color, but it's 1950s. It's like it's like not. I mean, there had been color movies for like a good 15 years before this too. But something about the color palette in this movie, the way it's shot, it's all very kind of cool blues and greens. It's amazing and, Technicolor. Yeah, amazing tri- tri- three-strip Technicolor. It's filmed at live in location in the actual African savannah. Well, not the savannah. Mm-hmm. Certain parts. There, <laughs> half of it maybe was actually filmed in actually Africa. <laughs> uh, the other half was filmed in glorious blue screen vision. Yeah! I was looking up, uh, I, uh, in preparation for this, I watched a, uh, an hour-long documentary about the making of this movie. Oh. And they were showing, I guess, well... I guess there was a big issue because this movie wasn't on video or DVD for the longest time because 
uh, this movie was caught up in all kinds of rights shits. Turns out the guy who produced this movie was a real skis ball who absconded with a whole bunch of money and stuff like that. Hmm. And trying to like align the rights between him and Paramount and all these other people it took, just took forever. And I have no idea what I was talking about. Oh, they um. were talking about also. Oh, so anyway, so um, I guess it took them forever to to get this movie onto DVD. But when they did, they did a big restoration to it. And I think part of that restoration was part part of like part of it was also cleaning up the blue screen stuff in this movie. Because mm-hmm. in the documentary I was watching, it seemed to have been produced before the movie came out on DVD like 10 years ago. This was like a documentary made in the 90s. They were showing some of the blue screenshots, and those blue screenshots, as bad as they look in the version that we watched, because you watched it on Netflix, I watched a rip of the Blu-ray. The original version of the blue screenshots, they look like they're a weatherman in like 1982 in front of like a digital blue screen, like that kind of, not just blue screen, but like chromatic where like you could see all the blue spill and like Catherine Hepburn's hair. I'm sorry, there's please there did you see the thing there's a huge fire in Portland going on today? No, oh, no. I I I saw some what I thought were dark clouds, but I was also like those might be also just be smoke. Yeah, there's a there's a giant fire going on north of town where I think they've evacuated like a mile radius oh, of town. Bill, you need to stop working the full. You're just too hot. <laughs> Well, they're lighting shit on fire again. I got fat thighs, and they rub together on the pole. That's they start fri- friction on that pole. You need to start wiping it down. Especially when I squeak down the pole, <laughs> mm. squeak, and little fire flames pop out. It's your trademark. Yeah, though. it's like the flames that follow. Isn't there a st- it's- an enemy in Super Mario Brothers Three that's like a ta- like trail of ba- like a big flame yeah. and a baby flame? Or am I thinking it's, of little baby mushrooms? The Goombas. It's it's your it's your trademark. It's how you get all those nickels thrown at you. <laughs> That's true. And they get caught in my fat and I spend weeks digging them out with a stick. It's terrible. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, this is African Queen. It's a pretty cool little movie, but I'd only seen it in bits and pieces as a kid too, because um you know the one of the weird things is with the rights to it being all held up, I never really saw this movie that often on cable or anything growing up. Mm-hmm. I heard about this movie more than I ever saw it. So yeah, so when your your mom would just like watch it whenever, like I'm assuming like like Turner had classic movies or something, right? No, she had a VHS of it. Oh, she did have it on VHS. Okay, yeah, but that's yeah. And the other big thing is, uh, my knowledge of this film comes from uh, I've mentioned my friend Dylan on the podcast before. Dylan McConus, her dad. She's been on the podcast twice. Oh yeah, I'm the special guest of the show, friend of the show. <laughs> um, her dad is a huge Bogart fan uh, to the point that he's. Uh, Dylan's parents' entire basement has been converted into the Bogart bar, where her parents will show uh, Bogart films with their friends and stuff like that, and they have all kinds of props and stuff from the uh, from Bogart movies. Some of them are real props, some of them are just like uh, prop replicas and stuff, and they have this amazing like three-foot-long replica model of the African Queen. Oh, and... man, I thought you were going to say his teeth. <laughs> just, it's like they stole... <laughs> <laughs> they stole some giant rubber teeth from the Double Dare set, smashed them up, and said, "Hey, look, it's Bogart's teeth. We'll give you a hundred dollar bill if you can snatch the flag out of the pile of vomit on the big rubber." <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, to the point is that Dad's uh, uh, Dylan's dad's name is Charlie. And he named their pet Corgi Rosie after Rosie in this mm. film. Because it's Charlie and Rosie and then the African yeah. Queen. So whenever I think about the African Queen, I always think about Dylan's dad and her dog. Um, but 
for a, for a movie about two people made out of sandpaper floating down a river <laughs> yeah it's it's decently interesting enough especially because like there's nothing that really happens it's mostly a yeah. character piece interspersed with like oh look there's a chimp <laughs> yeah here's a couple people with terrible german accents um boy look is bogart making fun of hippos and hippos getting <laughs> angry back at him and mm-hmm. yeah but yeah it's uh, i'm kind of glad you dug it because i dug it too but like yeah you have to come with it with it like we're already it sounds like we're already at the end of the uh, the podcast but we're just saying we both like this movie um yeah. you have to go in expecting not too much because it's not like an action adventure fest even though it's kind of a little bit of an, ad- an adventure movie but it's not there's no gunfights or chases really um the heroes get caught at the end and it's not like a big fight or anything like that um no it's 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 a movie of small graces and it was good for that but okay should we just start the the, the plot stuff the plot well stuff? sure horizon pictures presents the african queen in technicolor it's beautiful now here's some footage of africa because damn it we flew all the way down here we're gonna get most of it i did like what they did with the credit sequence where you're just essentially seeing what the characters would see for 90% of this film, where it's just like mm-hmm. looking up at the canopy of the jungle as the, you know, the boat's going down and, and they just show the credits over that, which is kind of nice. There's no crazy music or anything like that. It's just like sound effects and things. And it's, it's kind of chill. Yeah. And it takes place in uh, German East Africa in September, 1914. Damn. So World War One going on. Yeah, I'm going to see when did World War One? actually start because start, they're making it, it sound either, like it's brand new it was either 1914 or 1912 i was I'm, for some reason i'm always convinced okay yeah it's july 1914 i'm always convinced it was like maybe 1913 but yeah okay because i know it was always a couple years after titanic titanic is 1912 mm. but yeah okay so yeah the war this would be the summer of 1914 yeah, yeah. and there's some singing some straight up that up and down terrible singing with the first uh, Methodist Church of Kungdu. <laughs> Not really even singing as much as just wailing. <laughs> Which <laughs> they're like, should we teach these people the hymn? No, no, no. just have them make noises. <laughs> I mean, I guess. So it I wasn't sure if that it was cat- that supposed to be comical or. or <laughs> I don't, especially unclear? man. Have you seen Black Panther yet? Not yet. This this whole opening is kind of like they kind of Black Panther goes out of its way to kind of show how because uh, you know Black Panther is all about this the secret kingdom in Africa that is secretly the most advanced country in the world and mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's 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 inten- it's it's intentionally trying to draw a contrast to the way that like most white culture uh, white culture depicts Africa which is this shit where it's weird crazy dark people who don't know about Jesus and they're super primitive and whoop you throw a cigar butt at them and they'll go crazy after because they don't know anything and well, it's yeah, kind of that thing where like these are totally which is weird because this shit was filmed in England too so I'm kind of wondering where the hell they got the like did they just actually get like I think this part was filmed in Africa. Oh, well, no, supposedly everything with the brother. So at least some oh, of this yeah? stuff was filmed in England, because uh, supposedly he never went to Africa. The only two actors who actually went to Africa were uh, Hepburn and uh, Bogey, but... Hmm. So I don't know, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, well, that but, makes yeah. sense for a later scene, because yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's this scene, uh, I started pulling on the collar of my shirt, being like, I don't know if I can... 
Uh oh. But it doesn't get it doesn't get does it? racist. It's not I don't think. <laughs> yeah, it's it could have could have gotten worse. No one says yeah. anything about the black people in this or anything yeah. like that, thank God. It just kind of presented as like a cartoonishly backwards try whatever. But yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, Catherine Hepburns and her brother are trying to get these uh African uh yeah, folks she to playing sing the- him piano organ and he's leading the hymns he's the reverend and he's terrible but, yeah they, everybody's terrible and yeah toot 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 outside african king coming up with captain scruffy himself humphrey bogart playing all nut charles all nut the hell of a handle it's yep and he's supposed to be Canadian, too, because I guess in the original book that his character was supposed to be a British cockney dude. And, of course, you're never going to get Bogart to do an accent without making and, it laughable, and, so they made him Canadian. And I also feel like they forgot that at certain points in the movie that he was supposed to be Canadian. How so? Well, we'll cover it at the ending. Okay, because it's not like Casablanca where he specifically talks about being from Brooklyn or anything like that. But yeah, you think he would be like, there would be one or two anecdotes where you think he would be like, oh, I'm from Medicine Hat. In Medicine Hat, we do the things this way. No, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, sorry, and he speaks the local language, I guess, without ever taking a stogie out of it the It is kind of nice, yeah. He, he shows up and he's got some supplies and the, and the African tribes people, like, yeah, exactly. He converses with them and, like, yeah, yeah he, like, he's got he's, cigars for these guys and everything. His, his boys on his boat helping him out and he, he walks towards the church and uh, smoking his cigar until he takes it out and throws it on his ground with a Hundred man battle royale breaks out over his cigar butt. That's probably the most kind of like, uh, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. For it's, 1950, uh, though, it's actually pretty good. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, now, and Audrey Hepburn is wearing a dress that covers her from her neck to her hands. Uh, man, she a trooper because I would not want to wear that in any kind of heat. Fuck that noise. Yeah, and I think it was. I was reading something about how supposedly she decided that if she was going to be dressing like somebody from 1914, she wanted somebody who was a really good costume designer who would actually create her like an period accurate costume for her, which meant mm-hmm. that she was dressed in clothing that you would should never wear in an environment like that, which meant she was stuck in this shitty stuff because she Oof. wanted to go for accuracy, but like she wouldn't even let the costumer like use alternate fabrics that would let it breathe or anything like that. So she kind of fucked herself on that front with this costume. And granted, she loses a lot of costume throughout the film, but yeah. <sighs> Actors are fucking crazy and dumb sometimes. Yeah, especially when you're thinking like, yeah, it's, it's one thing to say, hey, I'm going to be dressed like this all while we're shooting in Africa for the next like month but like that's a different experience once you actually get that and realize how hot swampy it's gonna be but yeah yeah there's a lot of swamp ass in this movie oh god man so many sweaty butt cracks and there's only two <laughs> butt cracks to really talk about but still oh my god so much swamp work so Humphrey Bogart delivers the mail and uh then they go inside to have some tea some tea time Delicious hot tea in scorching Africa. I know, mm. the fucking Brits. Come. It's July in fucking Africa. Even though I'm sure that plenty of British people will say, there's nothing quite like a nice hot cup of tea in the heat. You know, though, it's, enti- it's entirely possible they may be aware that, like, just drinking the water fresh might get them sick, so if they're going to have to boil the water anyway, we might as well make tea out of it. So I could see mm. that from a health perspective. Um, yeah. But yeah. At Bogart's stomach, he's going crazy nuts. Yeah, that's pretty either, cute. Yeah. He's either very hungry, or he's going to shit his pants right in front of <laughs> Audrey Hepburn and the Reverend. Which, considering he seems to be the only person out of these Whoa. three who really knows to, how to take care of himself in the jungle like this, yeah, he's he's just... He hasn't eaten a cheetah in three days. 
Yeah. It's a pretty cute scene where... I don't know why they just don't offer him food off the bat. It takes them for a while. This goes on for a while, this gag. His stomach rumbling before they actually offers him some uh, bread and butter. And, yeah. You take two sugars in your tea, do you not? I seem to remember Mr. All Not. Unless you're in the stomach That's of your mine. The way it sounds, you'd think I'd have a hyena in mind. Well, I, I can't do ladies. What I do you want from me? Say, it's a better hepper than I could do. I shouldn't be throwing stones. <laughs> I want to hear your attempt at a hepper. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, just a you bunch sure of showed me. Eh, Bogart. <laughs> Bogart. Eh, I'm Catherine Hepburn. Actually, you know, man, I love the movie The Aviator. I have to think, how does Kate Blanchett, how does how she play Hepburn? Because, aha, uh-huh, Schmidt. It's hard not to do it. It's just defaults to Schmidt. Or do your. Schmidt cross your, with uh, bees. Yeah, do your. Because uh, I'm sure you gotta have one. Your, oh, uh, Charlie. I love you, Charlie. Your Star uh, Trek Voyager lady impression. I- our, our Star Trek The Voyager? What? The lady, the late mean lady from Star Trek Voyager. Uh, oh, yeah, what's her, her yeah, from Star Trek Voyager? Janeway. Which she is, uh, that whole lady, her whole thing seems like she's trying to be Catherine Hepburn, right? Except yeah. that she doesn't have the continental axe. That's one of the other funny things, too, because I guess Catherine Hepburn's supposed to be British? And she's not mm-hmm. even trying to affect a British accent. They're just assuming that her continental well, she, accent is enough to trick American audiences into thinking that she's British. I she guess. didn't try one in Lion in Winter either. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I didn't think about that. that actually when happens. you're a good enough actor, they don't give a is shit. Is this just her second... Is this just our second Catherine Hepburn movie? Yeah, I was thinking about doing one with her and Cary Grant, but I went I'm for sure his there's more Friday in future, instead. Yeah. Which, this is, mm, well, I guess this is our third Bogart film after Casablanca and The Maltese Falcon, too, but... Uh, yes. Sun tells me we're going to be seeing more of both those guys in the future, but... Probably. Anyway, yeah, so he's he's hungry, and she offers him some bread, and they just yeah. came off. And you know what? I, one thing I really like the way this, this bit is shot, because uh, this was filmed in England, so I had to match up with everything else, but there's something about the smokiness of the background behind Bogart in this, this shot, where it's kind of... Again, this kind of blue-green palette. Uh, almost mm. looks like a watercolor picture behind it but just just the way it was shot just looks really the cinematography in this movie is kind of interesting it's very distinctive even compared to other technicolor features at the time but anyway yeah uh, so the reverend he talks about someone's ambition or something in school and he wound up yeah. getting something i don't know it's i think boring this is just the movie pointless. setting up how british the reverend and <laughs> Catherine hepburn yeah. are because they're just having small talk about uh, the the upper crust British <laughs> motherfuckers back in England, because he's flipping through this taggered, haggard, fucking ruddy ass newspaper that Bogart's brought, which I noticed there's a big ad for something called Wind Pills, which hmm. I had to Google at, and that is that those are fart pills. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, I guess this is. He the- looks like he's somebody who needs to take some fart pills. Ser- I, uh, I he was. The guy that plays the Reverend, he is very familiar, I thought, but I don't know what the fuck. I looked at his IMDb, yeah. I don't know what I would know him from. Well, he's such enough an, an archetype where he's a chubby, stuffy British guy. Not really old, though, but still kind of like... You've seen this character in a thousand other movies, though, but especially when he's yeah. kind of clueless and he's not really fit for the environment that he's in. And, and yeah, I mean, he the last have the movie he did was but, Istanbul. Yeah. That was a movie? Yeah, I don't know. Was that after, like, Casablanca came out and they thought they could make any movie? It was 1989. 1989? Yeah. (laughs) Not not Constantinople? Yep. 
so the African they, queen. They finish their lunch tea time. Uh and but and they go outside. Bogart lets them know that he won't be coming this way for a while. And they're like, but what about her mail? And he's like, eh, it's probably not going to be no fucking mail for a while, because uh, what with the war and all? And they're like, what, what, what? A oh, that's war, right. Yeah, you that's say? how he breaks it, yeah. Between whom? <laughs> well, that's she. Uh, Germany, England. That's all I know. Oh, and all the little guys, you know, France and Poland and all those guys. They're involved, too. I don't know why I transferred him to the strong bed, but, you know, sometimes it's things not happen. not entirely wrong. That's a terrible thing, is that, like... <laughs> I'll take a strong bat over some people's terrible Bogart impressions. That's that's yeah. I, I've 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 tried a couple times. They're both my very own practical by guys. myself. And I don't. I, my Bogart always turns into meh. She ain't meh. Yeah, which, which isn't is not him. The, that's yeah. what's his butt. Well, that's that 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 turns into that. That's where I get all my schmitty because that schmitty is just all that shit rolled up into one. Just schmitty, eh? sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm. but he don't. He, they don't. He tells Bogart tells him they don't have anything to worry about in this godforsaken place. No offense, and the captain is like, "This is not godforsaken. My brother's presence here says otherwise." Uh, He's yeah. like, "Well, we'll see about that in the next ten minutes." <laughs> so he leaves and goes back to the mines. And as soon as he's gone, the Reverend calls him a wretched little man, and uh, mentions that Bogart's. Like his all nut character is Canadian, but uh, and, but they should probably kneel down and pray for some protection from the Germans and shit. But whoopsie doodle, they prayed too late and the Germans show up just out of the wearing blue. They just yeah. terrible, terrible, ill fitting outfits. I guess Germany the, had not perfected their uh, style yet. I yeah. guess. Well, one of the things that Bogart had just mentioned too is that the Germans were uh, now on a tear. Now that the war has started, they're going out rounding up and everything like that. And they're like, I guess this this little uh, missionary enclave is one of the last places he's seen that hasn't already been ravaged by the Germans yet. And so mm. I guess they never explain exactly what happened, why they need slaves or anything like that. But it is suggested that. Oh, uh, that's later. Slaves, that's when prisoners. he comes back that he talks about. That. Oh, okay, but yeah, there's like. I think I think in the book, uh, the Germans show up and just kill everybody. But in the movie, they didn't want to be that grim because this is supposed to be a yeah. little more of a lighthearted romp, and so they just kind of the, the, the what a romp. Yeah, so I, I guess they just take all the prisoners away to like maybe they have a mine or they like maybe well, there's like they need work they need prisoners at the castle or something like that. I don't know why. Yeah, Bogart's got a throwaway line later this session here, as I can tell there. Turning them into soldiers and they'll fight for That's them. That's what it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they don't get three words in the prayer before Germans show up and <laughs> there's the like Reverend three Germans. And that's it. yeah. That's the funny and thing. The Reverend approaches one and asks, "What's the meaning of this?" And like, "How dare you?" And the guy's all, "I can't fight because I'm I did this." And, and I do appreciate they don't the, bother to subtitle any of the German in this movie too. Yeah, I don't need German, to. It's all context. You get you get the Germans are assholes. They're greedy. They're gonna fuck things up. That's all you need to know. The, the reverend is a very pious man, so he shoves the German, and he gets a rifle to butt to face for his troubles. Wapadoodle. It automatically and, gives him this giant bruise on the side of his cheek. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the village is on fire, and oh no, all the natives are getting rounded up and taken away. And, Thanks, white people. And, and then that scene's over. Yeah, God's helping you guys out now. Wow. And Revan's working in the garden, and Hepburns comes out and is all, Yeah, you've got to get out of the sun. You're not wearing your hat. And he starts talking nonsense about how 
You've got to get the seeds in the ground before August is over. Don't you know, dear? It doesn't matter what time you plant in Africa. Africa? This is oh no, he gone cray cray. He gone cray cray. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell how much of that is just uh maybe the head wound he got from the altercation with the Germans versus him just being delirious and sick from fever and stuff like that. They never mentioned exactly how. Uh, Bogart never mentions like how often he shows up to deliver mail to these guys, right? Because there's no real indication no. of how much time has passed in the last five minutes no. of this movie. Um, this could be just like the next day, literally, that he's already. Yeah, gone crazy. I think it's pretty fast. Yeah, it, that's what it's suggested. Yeah, because stuff is still smoldering when he's working on the garden. That's a good point. Yeah, and uh, also for some reason they do this scene in front of a rear projection screen and walk in places. <laughs> they head back to their hut. I get where it's so like. That's the thing, because they went out of their way to film this in Africa. Even before they started filming, they made a big uh, production for, in the media about how we're going to film the African Queen in Africa. And all the all the commercials and posters and stuff for this movie when it was coming out, filmed in Africa. And But they couldn't bother while they were there, there filming the background plate for them walking. They couldn't just put the actors in front of the camera and just have them walk <laughs> in place. Nope, on the no, set, sir. they were actually already on in some of the other shots in this scene. But yeah, yeah the they guy who that. played the Reverend was like, you expect me to walk in this heat? I, heavens no. Maybe that's part of it. If ma they couldn't do the scene because he didn't travel to Africa, so they had to do that like on a blue screen stage in England. But yeah, it's the silliest world. <laughs> No one, no one could ever walk in place convincingly in a blue screen because they're mm -hmm. just like lifting their legs up, but just it looks hilariously terrible. Yeah. yeah. So they go inside, and she says, "You're not wet at all." And let me help you get undressed. He's like Rose, and he sends her out of the room, and then kerplomp, he falls on the ground. <laughs> she opens the door, helps him in the bed. Yeah. And if this were a flat drama, gibberish. this would be so funny. I mean, not, not that it's really hilarious, but, like, it's easy to <laughs> That guy's gonna die, it's funny. <laughs> well, you know, because they gotta get him out of the way as soon as possible so the movie can actually start, but yeah. Yeah. She rushes in, helps him into the bed, he starts talking more gibberish about how if he don't pass, he's gonna be a missionary, and he'll take Rose, because fucking... Uh, Gotta take his sister with him. Blah, blah, blah. Sweaty emotions are had. Yeah, Time sweaty. passes. He's dead. Then toot, toot, toot. toot. Here comes That's the end of our podcast, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. Toot, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to have a punchline there or something like that, yeah. No, not really. Yeah. Like I said, this uh, is all just this is setting up the stage for the story. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the kind of is the, the punchline. Oh, here he comes, and he's dead. Here comes Africa Queen. Here goes all right, piece, yeah. Here, yeah, now, yep. now the movie can start. Yep. Rose is trying to keep a stiff upper lip and all that, what what, fixing, giving her hair a little hand dab dab on the side as he comes around and Bogart comes up, gives her the 411 of what's been going on. German's been rounding up villages, burning the huts, so the locals okay, don't have yep. anything to come back to. And when I got you back to my mind, it was in shambles. And his boys took one look at that shit and said, fuck this noise, and ran off into the jungle. Is there a suggestion that he actually owns that mine, or does he just work for the mine? I, he mentions I, he that does... he's his own boss at some point, so yeah. like, I'm guessing he owned that mine. Although, that is a great scene. Hopefully we remember to get back to that later, because there isn't, like, that is a cute moment where he says, well, I thought I was my own boss until, and then he kind of looks at her, suggesting that maybe she's his new boss, and it's kind of like a romantic mm. little, like, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that's left hanging in the air, which is kind of nice in this film, but anyway. Yeah, and then he mentions that the way he looks at it, they plan on making soldiers out of the native, take okay. over all of Africa. Hey, where your brother at? And she, he's in there. 
He's dead. She's so stoic. She lets him know that the Germans didn't shoot him, but they may as well have. So he died this morning. So Bargar says, with the climate, they gotta get that bloated corpse in the ground right away. I feel like quick. he's a little before, sheepish about this, because he wants before, to feel like, yeah, you know that's yeah. not gonna last too long. He yeah. gotta, like, I know we're I gonna mean, get he, the hell out of here, but like, yeah. He was already a pretty stinky dude, so he gotta get him <laughs> in the ground before he got you <laughs> real stinky. <laughs> Fucking, he just lifts his arm and he's like, points to the corpse and he's like, you, you know, there's already hyenas chewing on his face right now. Uh, you just don't, mm-hmm. don't turn, don't look, but like... They turned his face into a Big Mac. No. Oh, no. Uh, While he digs the... Belly's bloated with gases. While he digs the grave, she need to get her stuff together so they can get the fuck out of there before the Germans come back. And, oh, and they'll be back. They're gonna be looking for the African Queen. Shouldn't they have just used some of the blasting gel just to blow him up? Save some time. <laughs> like like the uh, whale on the Oregon coast? Exactly, yeah. I mean, you still get rid of the corpse, you know. know. You've been here long enough. You know about that, right? Oh, yeah. No, I knew about okay. that every before even coming to Oregon, that that famous yeah. video. I'm assuming yeah, you can just she... go to YouTube and look up, like, Oregon oh, coast absolutely. whale explosion. Yeah, if you are unaware, and I don't, I live here, you know, we both live here, so it's kind of like, it's just a thing you know. If you don't know about it. Back in what was it like eighty two or the seventies? Yeah, it's, I don't it's an older video. Yeah, it's 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 decades uh, old. A whale washed up on the Oregon coast, and in our infinite wisdom, Oregon said, "Hey, let's blow that up whale up." <laughs> to be fair, that isn't accepted. Like uh, supposedly, like in national parks and stuff like that, if there is a a giant animal carcass that is very hard to clear by yourself, like if a big bear dies on a nature trail or something well, like that, sometimes if you're equipped with dynamite, you're allowed to just go blow because that's easier than moving so, it or digging it up or yeah. burying it or anything like that. I mean. The idea was good in principle, except oh, yeah, for the fact but- that they let people be way too close, so blubber rained down and yeah. crushed cars and injured people that were watching the explosion happening. You can see footage of it happen online. Yeah, I don't know if it's a combination of maybe they used too job, much dynamite, everyone. plus the thing was already primed to explode because it was filled with gases anyway, but like, yeah, they didn't blow it up so much as like atomized it, and like, yeah, there's, uh, like, if you look up the Wikipedia article about it, it's amazing, because I think they specifically talk about like a three hundred pound steak of rotted whale flesh landed on some dude's car <laughs> and like all kinds of crazy shit it's a miracle that no one was killed but yeah yeah it's fucking uh, great. it was in but 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 that november 1970 so yeah, long okay, as long yeah okay yeah i neither of us were alive and you know it's old when neither of us were alive because that's got to be like the cautionary tale for like the the coast guard or whoever was in charge of that like okay we can blow it up we just have to make sure we don't have a recurring incident of 1970 uh according to wikipedia another well-known explosion occurred in january 29th 2004 in taiwan huh glad to see it's a well-known practice that's that's kept alive the bursting whale splattered blood and entrails all over surrounding shop fronts, bystanders, and cars. Oh, I gotta see if there's video of that. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Uh, we like, didn't what learn else your lesson, do? I guess. It's, it's dangerous for you to let it on the beach, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully. Anyway, yeah. we're not talking about whale I can't explosions. We spent 20 minutes comparing this, this slightly overweight English actor <laughs> to floating whales. <laughs> That's oh, right. Christ. So they bury her brother, 
Oh, and he mentions that the Germans want to get their hands on the African Queen because he's got blasting gelatin, oxygen tanks. Oh, yeah. And food and booze and uh, cigarettes on there. the a only justification as to why anyone would care about this dinky-ass little canoe <laughs> with, a, yeah. with a motor on it, yeah. Yeah, and if he just got rid of that shit, they wouldn't want it anymore. Yeah, well, but I guess they couldn't travel. I mean, the, the, by river's going to be the only way you could really travel with all the animals and shit like that. I could see why you'd want you'd want to stick with the, with the African Queen and make sure no one fucks it up or takes it away from you, but yeah. Yeah. That's also so his they, livelihood, although I guess his livelihood is now disrupted by the yeah. war and everything, but yeah. So they bury her brother and get on the boat. Some very dramatic music starts up, like the Germans are about to pop out and start chasing them, but it doesn't happen. They I just start chugging down the river. Isn't it like fucking carnival music? It's like... It turns into carnival carnival music, but when he's like putting her bags on, it's all... Oh, yeah. The start of the adventure, but then it goes like... But it sounds like music from an MST3K short. Yeah. So then further down the river, Bogart takes her... Has her take over the tiller, even though she don't know what she's doing. There's a nice moment and where he teaches her starboard from larboard or port or whatever. Starboard from Hey, lo- larboard, that, that's what port was called until like 1920 or whatever. <laughs> I just say, I don't name this shit. Wait, what is larboard? <laughs> it's starboard and larboard. That's not the name of my testicles. <laughs> I'm going to look this up. <laughs> I'm not going crazy. Yeah, larboard. For, shit, for sure, shit ain't larboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh yeah. no okay it was 1844 so t- that it's got turned into port probably because people laughed just like you did when, <laughs> so when he tells to her explain to explain the difference between the two <laughs> steer to the larboard side <laughs> <laughs> i hate everything and <laughs> they park for a, a while oh. uh so uh they got 2000k cigarettes, 20 cases of gin. They could stay there for months if they wanted to. Driving home the fact that Humphrey Bogart is able to survive on just cigarettes and booze. I mean, I guess so, until a certain point. I guess he was a little hungry at dinner, but, like, yeah, all he needs is explosives and smokes and gin. He eats cigarettes and drinks gin. That's what he, <sighs> that's what he looks fair, like, at least. least. At least even Catherine Hepburn seems to be a little incredulous at that. She's like, oh, okay. Man, if you had a grill like Humphrey Bogart, and you had to get dentures, would you get fucked up? Would you have to get a fucked up grill if like you got? Or would you get better teeth? If better you're him, teeth. you're obligated to get, the, get, get teeth as much as like, your be, old ones, because you're going to look different. Yeah, that would be shitty if you're like, I can finally get normal looking teeth, but, but everybody now, will know I got my teeth replaced. Like, you would probably even sound different, even away from the way you look, you'd probably, yeah, exactly. And so you'd probably have to have the dentist, like, mold your teeth and try to re- re- recreate, like, as, as perfect replicas as the old one, too. Because I was wondering, because I was like, man, does he just have, like, kind of crazy bridge work? Because I don't think his teeth look that crazy in, like, Casablanca or anything like that, but... Uh, he didn't really open his mouth a lot in Casablanca. Yeah, that's true, too. But even then, Catherine Hepburn's, like, the opposite, where she's got, like, these, like, weirdly pearly whites. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if she just had her teeth capped or something, but yeah, I don't know. But Rose, she don't want to wait out the war. Uh, Bogart says... If we can't go anywhere. Look at this map. Hey, we go. If you can figure out a way, fine. I'll game for it. This they is just the movie's the- way of showing you exactly where they're at, where they have to go, and why. Yeah, and the and the British aren't going to come save them because if they came from the British side of Africa, they had to chop their way through the jungle, and no way they're going to do that. And they for sure ain't coming up to Conga because there's the Louisiana on the lake, 
It's a hundred ton steamer, and it's got six inches or six pounders. Six pounder, yeah. Six pound guns, and the Germans brought it over in chunks. Germans yeah, wouldn't last carried a month it over if, to the lake. Yeah, because the yeah. lake they're talking about is like totally like like uh, uh, within its look. Well, I guess it's the whole point of lake. <laughs> lake is surrounded by all sides by <laughs> land. But shut up. Yeah, don't. yeah. And then the uh, the Germans wouldn't last a month if the boys could cross the lake and put that boat patrolling it and. She asks him, like, hey, yo, uh, this river runs down to the lake. And he's like, yeah, but there's a German fort along there, and the rapids are fucking just... Oh, your ass alive. so bad. The rapids are so bad, the name of the river changed at some point, because they thought it was a different river. And did, they did it until this one guy did it. He sailed down it in a dugout canoe and found out it was the same thing. Yeah, and Bogart even points out that the map he's holding is that guy's map. Yeah. She's like, what are the boxes with the red X's on them? He says they're blasting gel, but it's, don't worry, they're not dangerous. You can light it on fire, hit it with a hammer, call it nasty names, it won't go off. Uh, if, but if it makes you nervous, he'll dump it overboard. And she's like, no, no, we may need it. Hey, what are those torpedo-looking things? What? Those? Those are hydrogen and oxygen tanks. Oh, Mr. Allnut. You are a machinist at the mines. Could you make a torpedo? And he's like, you silly bitch. You don't know what you're asking. Ain't nothing more complex than the inside of a torpedo. It's got gyroscopes, compressed air cylinders, compensating cylinders, 14 tiny smurfs on bicycles pedaling along to make it go. I mean, essentially, for yeah, for, for as much as any of that information is going to help them right now, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. But uh, those things make it go and hit the target, right? We got the African Queen. He is confused by this. She's like, if we were to fill those cylinders with the blasting gel, hang them off the end of the African Queen, go to get head steam going and ram it into something, jumping off at the last second. And he's like, well, yeah, I guess you could do that, but there ain't nothing to torpedo. Oh, yes, there is, Mr. Allnut. The Louisiana. Uh, now, now, don't talk silly, miss. We can't get down those rapids. Spangler did it. He did it in a canoe. How do you know unless you try? I've never tried shooting myself in the head, neither. That's a great... I did like that line. That was cute. Yeah, that's a good line. Yeah. And he says the trouble with her is... I'm loving this radio play. This is good. I like this. (laughs) I've had some rum. Uh, (laughs) Oh, actually, mm, that's not a bad idea. I got some whiskey over here. Is that the same one that's been sitting there for like five years? Uh, no, this is diff- I got this for cr- for uh, f- uh, for Christmas. This is the oh, okay. Gentleman Jack. Actually, yeah, Ooh, I'm gonna gentleman. pour myself some. I got dust out the the shot glass. It shows how long since I've last time I've drank this stuff. Anyway, go ahead. Mm. So, uh, Hick. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> there, no, I yeah. lost my place. Uh, <laughs> In da, your da, script, da. he says the trouble with her is she don't understand boats. And she's like, so you're refusing to help your country in your hour of need? Because yeah, it well, is I easy to forget that, that Canada is part of the British Commonwealth, technically. No, I is mean, it? Okay. Yeah, that, that's why that's, yeah, that's why they specifically made him Canadian as opposed to just an American. Mm. Yeah. Because they still, so, they got the queen on their money and shit. So she's like, yeah, what are you t- saying then? And he's like, fine, we'll go down the rapids and probably die. It'll be awesome. This is like a bad idea to mix Rockstar and whiskey. Yeah, that's probably gross. <laughs> Let's find out. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm going to regret this. Yeah, you are. Mm. So, uh, oh, hold on. I, 
The Norwich Two. Yeah, I. I oh, rock star. Oh, oh, oh! That just combined on the tongue to turn mm. into battery acid. Oh, Jesus! Good job, Bill. It's like it's like the whiskey activated the rock star. <laughs> oh, there's so oh. It, it, you're saying it is not peanut butter and chocolate, two great tastes that go great together. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so they get going. They got two hours of daylight left. You can get a, a lot done in two hours. Mm -hmm. So he angrily throws wood in the steam. At you, can you build a torpedo? Sure, I can. I do like the arc of their relationship. It's a very tiny arc, but I do love where he's just kind of like, he's just being nice to her and being begrudgingly, begrudgingly nice to her. And after a while, he actually does become legitimately fond of her. But like, it, it, it takes a while. Yeah. Uh, later on in that day, he teaches how to how to read the <laughs> river water that's going like a V, smooth water. There's just maybe a hippo over there, and you don't want to run into a hippo because it makes them awful mad. Yeah. And then they jump on the boat, and there's barely enough room for the two of them. Uh, mm. And then he <sighs> jumps up and starts kicking the living shit out of his steam steam engine. And uh, his safety valve don't work because one of his boys dropped a screwdriver down it. <laughs> He'll fix it one day, but he kind of likes kicking the shit out of it. Yeah, she's just like, you could just fix it right now, right? And he's like, nah, nah, nah yeah, yeah. This is, this is totally, I wonder how much Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon was born from uh, the relationship between Charlie and the African Queen in this movie. Because it's great, like, the fact that, like, he could fix some of the shit, but he just likes it that way. Like, that's just, hey. yeah, it's a ship. Apropos of nothing, but I was wondering this today mm -hmm. for no reason in particular, and you would be the one person oh, that would no. know the answer to the question. No, it's fine. How old is the Millennium Falcon? <laughs> it's a in canon within the films have never stated. Uh, in the old books and stuff, it was supposed to be about sixty years old by the time of Star Wars, the first Star okay. Wars movie. Yeah. Okay, so that is an old hunk of junk then. Yeah, it is pretty old hunk of junk, which even makes it okay. more remarkable because that if 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 they if they stay true to the same origins of the 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 Falcon, which it doesn't seem like they're going to do that in the the solo movie, because in the solo movie, which takes place just ten years before Star Wars, it seems to be brand new. But yeah, in the old uh, chronology, like even the Falcon, like uh, when they were even talking about bringing the Falcon back for like the Force Awakens, they're like, oh yeah, this ship's like almost a hundred years old, so we're going to even make this dirtier than last time. But yeah, mm. okay. Yeah, I was just curious about that. But yeah, that, and that, of course, that, all that you background have just the came answers. from like the books and stuff like that. It's not like George Lucas was like, eh, it's not like he ever had an origin story for the Falcon or anything. Well, of course not. He didn't have an origin story for shit. For anything, yeah. Anyway, yeah. but yeah. Yes, you lucky people, just sit back for a moment, relax. And notice the delightfully clean, cool, and refreshing atmosphere of this scientifically air-conditioned theater. Great, isn't it? Remember, you can enjoy great motion picture entertainment all summer long in cool comfort at this theater. Cowboy Tom is a boy of six. He can rope a steer because he knows he's got gold power from Cheerios. 
He's got go power. There he goes. He's feeling his Cheerios. 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 Yes, Cheerios, the cereal that's shaped like a little letter O. No other cereal is like Cheerios, the only ready-to-eat cereal with this wonderful toasted oat flavor. A breakfast of Cheerios with milk, fruit, and buttered toast is all you need to give you go power. That's because Cheerios is made from energy-packed oats, made to give you the vitamins and minerals you need for healthy nerves, good red blood, strong teeth and bones. The oat cereal that needs no cooking. He's feeling his Cheerios. world-renowned author C.S. Forrester's story, and filmed in the jungles and at the headwaters of Africa, the dark continent, in all the magnificence of color by technicolor, comes the most exciting adventure ever screened. You promised you'd go down the river. There's death a dozen times over down the river. You promised. Well, I'm taking my promise back! Filmed in the treacherous wilds of Africa and directed by John Hewson, winner of a double Oscar award for The Treasure of Sierra Madre, against a savagely thrilling background, two people live a reckless adventure. Charlie Owens, lazy, gin-swilling, no better than he should be, and Rosie, straight-laced Rosie Sayers, who learns about life, all about it. Well, I ain't sorry no more, you crazy, psalm-singing, skinny old maid. Two people thrown together against their wills. Get out. In a stirring and pulse-pounding story known in fact or fiction. Waiting for the supper, miss. I'm the captain, that's who. I ain't taking you along. You'd only be in my way. I suppose I was in your way going down the rapids. And what you said to me back there on the river was a lie about how you never could have done it alone and how how you lost your heart and everything. You liar. I never dreamed that any experience could be so stimulating. So later, uh, they stop for the evening. He pulls out his gin, and when she sees it, it's like dramatic music is a dun dun dun. It's the single most dramatic moment in the whole film because it, it really literally goes dun dun dun. She and he is doesn't even horrified s- at the sight of it. It's great, yeah. And it's not like he even does anything. He just pulls it out and starts drinking. That's it. It's not like he's like he does anything dramatic. The movie just has a heart attack over it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he asks her if she'd like a cup of tea, and she's like. She closes her eyes and she is so into the thought of a cup of tea. Anything that's not booze, yeah. Yeah. And he'll say, he says it'll taste a little rough, Steve, but I can't have everything. 
And she so, was fucking excited for tea. I don't oh, know if he's so just good. using like condensation runoff from the steam the steam engine, and that's the water he's using. I don't know if he has his own fresh water supply or what, but they yeah. didn't give a fuck in nineteen fourteen. Yeah, he just takes one of the pipes from the steam engine and just uses that to pour off some hot water to make some tea for her. And she she just she seems to like it. Okay, it's not like she's like it's not like she's grimacing and pretending that it's nice. She seems to generally be into it, so I guess it can't be that bad. Yeah. And they talk, and he learns that she's been out there for ten years. And in ten years, they couldn't teach that village how to sing. Uh, bad, bad job, guys. Bad job. A whole bunch of villagers. This is like the fourth crop of villagers <laughs> that had coming through that tent. Well, yeah. Couldn't teach him shit. Oh my he god. He came to Africa to work on a, vri- a bridge. And uh, they talk for a little bit, character development. There's, blah, a, cute, blah, blah. there's a bit, a cute bit when he mentions the bridge, but like, I don't see why they needed a bridge. It seems like the same on both sides anyway, but nay. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Turns out they both need baths because they both smell like testicles. Uh, he'll He's, go up to the that's front. a specific line from the film. <laughs> <laughs> he smells like Starward and Larboard. <laughs> he'll go up to the front of the boat. She can hang off the back. So long as they don't look, it won't matter. I and thought also, they were talking about her taking a shit at first when she's talking about hanging off the back. <laughs> which I guess I guess it's Catherine Hepburn just hanging her ass off the back of the boat, just dropping a big that, old meaty deuce. I mean, in between the scenes in this movie, that would have to happen eventually, <laughs> at least a couple times. But like, yeah, talking about the like, and he has to plug his ear so he can't hear her just fucking squeeze a big meaty fart out. But yeah, and also the fact it doesn't matter that they both take baths in their underwear that's the weird thing because she gets into the water and she looks like she's actually naked in the water because you actually see her she's trying to climb back in well no she, yeah i i but I, when she actually gets back into the boat it's a huge gaff in the film yeah i watched quote unquote it twice because i was doing tedious work at work while it was on yeah on my phone and beside me and i didn't really watch it i more listened to it but the second time I watched it, she doesn't have anything covering her shoulders when she's in the water. She is surprisingly part. naked but, in the water. That is about yeah, pretty much as naked as you're going to see But when she climbs someone. out, she has shit on. She's, wear, she's, she's wearing old-timey bloomers and shit like that. Yeah. Which she's is got basically more, naked She's got more clothes then. than I do right now. Oh, no. no. I mean, um, oh, yes. I painted uh, little triangles over my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> Are they upside down or right side up? Uh, upside down. Oh, okay. I... Didn't think about how they would look to other people, just how they look to me as a person. <laughs> yeah, so she can't get back on the boat, so he has to help her up, and she's like, look away, I don't want you to see this. I mean, I guess her clothes are wet, so maybe you could see through a little bit, but like, yeah, you can't it's see anything. It's just old-timey shit. Yeah. She looks like, like a in, wet granny. Like, like in Little Women, people freaking out over the fact that... The, you could see the, ankle? That... Lori might have seen somebody's ankle, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, there's someone missing a glove. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that I mean, erotically this is charged scene It's ends. like fucking old-ass times. It's a 1914. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So she starts hanging up blankets and clothing and shit so uh, to block her his view off while she sleeps. Well, she essentially turns the whole back of the, the whole stern end of the boat into her private bedroom. Well, he just yeah. conks out on top of the blasting gel. Yep. Which, uh, he wakes up to pouring rain in the middle of the night. And he tries so he to goes, stick it out for a while, which I appreciate. Yeah. But eventually he goes back and goes inside her little, her little enclave. And she's like, what are you doing in here? And he's like, well, I, I ain't doing nothing. And she's like, get out, get out this instant. 
So he goes back outside he in the does. rain. I mean, I, to his credit, he's he fucking, he's not going to put up a fight. She's the lady. He's going to be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I so thought there'd she's... be more, like, back and forth. I thought, going into this movie, I thought there was going to be more of a back and forth, like, kind of Sam and Diane, them kind of sniping at each other, Moonlighting. like, they can barely put up with each other kind of thing, and... Ugh. No, they're, they're the... actually pretty respectful towards each other. They get into arguments and stuff like that, but it's it's a pretty genial relationship, even from the start. When was the last time anybody thought about Moonlighting? Uh, I can, I can officially... A- it's not until recent episodes of thirty twenty ten where they've been updating different arcs in in, in moonlighting, but that was yeah. Well, that was a popular show. My sisters mm-hmm. watched that show. I'm I'm assuming it must be so eighties it hurts. Not unlike other shows like Cheers is pretty eighties, but it's not like wasn't fashionably eighties back in the day. Whereas moonlighting was all look at these young sexy sexy hip people, which means that even two well, years after that show was over, is already instantly dated. What was um, it in the 80s with, like, a romantic show, quote-unquote romantic, where the people just fucking hate each other, but they want to fuck so bad? I, no, I'm serious, I, I really other. do think it was that, like, Cheers, Sam and Diane uh, thing that everyone was trying to copy after, because that was such a big thing that Cheers was based on. I have of. I have and never hated somebody and been like, oh, but I, I could fuck them. Uh, I guess- I, people I just hate, I just hate. You, you never wanted to hate fuck somebody? You never, Besides you, you, no. You never clicked on Twitter with a Betsy Devos? I hate you so much, but I want to <laughs> put my dick in your ear. You don't know anything about public education and it turns me on so much. So anyway, he wakes up in the porn rain. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. At least their relationship is, they kind of, at least they're friendly. There's no, like, it's, real, I mean, he gets drunk it, later and snipes at her and stuff like that. And she kind of bitches at him, but it's not like, yeah. It's a more believable progression than most of the movies we've watched from this era. Yeah, it's not trying to be Romancing the Stone. Yeah. No. Which, of course, because Romancing the Stone didn't come until 30 years after this. Have you, you've seen the Romance in the Stone? Uh, big. Like, I've never sat down and watched it, but like I've seen enough. Like I get enough. it. Like yeah, gotcha. Well, also between so, that, actually, romancing the stone and Jewel of the Nile would play so often on HBO. Uh, like they kind of just became one big affable like Danny DeVito blur. It's you know, we mentioned that for the podcast sometime. No, mentioning that and this, it's so weird to think about how certain people used to be sex symbols like this weekend beetlejuice was on and i was looking at alec baldwin and i was like he is not a dough man yet he was an attractive young guy alec baldwin and beetlejuice is an entirely different organism he's skinny (laughs) he's nice he's attractive he's not like this big doughy Bleh, with a bristle haircut like yeah no and, and, and or yeah, like uh uh, uh bogart was a, a, oh, I'm sorry, bogart was a sex symbol yeah i uh, love like yeah, bogart's great because he's a wet rat of a man like there's douglas nothing... was uh, not michael Kurt, douglas but the other michael yeah. douglas was a sex symbol like and they turned into various monsters <laughs> as they got older. I wonder if part of the appeal of Bogart over the ages is too, is he died not too long, like maybe six years after this movie was made, so he never really got a chance to get old in the public eye. Mm. Like, he but just there stayed... Are, but there are people who stay, like Patrick Stewart has been the same age for 
50 years. Yeah, and Cary Grant kind of stayed in the public eye forever, even though he got older and, like, he became unrecognizable. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's interesting how, and also times change too. So that, you know, of course, that it's always weird how how time changes and people age. <laughs> I know. <laughs> am, I, yeah. am I turning into you? Uh huh. The, this is. Oh, yeah, I've no. been dealing with this for twenty years now. So <laughs> my wife like, listened to some. My wife listened to some of the Little Mermaid episode, and she was like, "You talk like." Bill on your podcast. And, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you talk like Bill. You want to have sex with a sixteen-year-old fish girl? <laughs> but uh, you know, I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, in the Japanese version, they do establish that mermaids live for thousands of years. Yeah. So maybe her sixteen is actually like six hundred to us. Well, she's what, what she did. Neg- she just said she was sixteen. She didn't say she was sixteen years old. She was sixteen centuries old. Oh, so whatever she's we need to the justify cradle. it to. Yeah, just by dating any human us. mortal. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Snow White, who is explicitly thirteen. Really? Yeah, I mean, Snow that White's makes sense. It's all fairy tale shit. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that was also back in the age where everyone died of old age when they were thirty-two. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, thirteen would be like, hey, 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 how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so he wakes up. It's fucking pouring rain. <laughs> <laughs> digression number uh, 302 he goes in she's like what are you doing in here get out of here and kicks him out but then she listens for a little bit and like oh, oh it's, it's fucking, fucking raining. raining yeah it's, it's a- raining like crazy whoa again romancing the stone like, type thing would have turned this into a whole big crazy misunderstanding argument thing and no she's like she just reacts like a human being she goes oh it's raining okay come mr all not come in you may come in from out of the rain when he opens the curtain she's got her pants down and she's presenting her bulbous <laughs> vagina at him and he's like oh my god this is not what i was expecting at all <laughs> she's like do it do it and i should mention because i didn't really write my notes in a way but bulbous. they are constantly calling each other uh he calls her miss yeah, and she calls him Mister All Nut, and they're very, very formal with each other. Oh, all that the changes time. the moment they kiss, and then suddenly she's all dear, dear, dear. <gasps> they kiss. They kiss him. You know what? I was actually writing my notes, and I didn't notice that they kissed. And then, but I heard the music kind of rise a little bit. Like, it was like, did I miss it? Like, I was like, oh, I missed like the kind of centerpiece of the movie that they're kissing. Mm. So I'm glad I didn't miss that because I would have been confused. As like, when do they suddenly start like being all romantic with each other? I missed that part. But yeah. So he thanks her. And they both get some sleep, and she p- even puts up a one extra umbrella so he doesn't That's get wetter sweet, than he yeah. is. He's so adorable. It's like, yeah, I like the fact they actually act like people will like each other. They're not like fawning over each other in love, but like yeah, they're 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 adults. Yeah. I like the fact they act like respectable adults. Yeah, yeah. So the next day, she comments on how the river smells like old marigolds. That's and- a nice. There's something nicely evocative about that bit. Mm. And she even when says, even when he's like, it's a shitty way for flowers to smell, and she's like, yeah. Like, no. <laughs> she mentions that the current is getting quite strong. And he's like, fuck yeah, look at the rapids right around that bend. Oh, you better let you better let me take the controls. And uh, then they both turn into mannequins as they go down the rapids. And the boat turns into a toy boat. <laughs> yeah, when they're not busy being in front of a. A green screen and having stagehands throw buckets of water at them. It was funny because actually I, I had this on while Dylan and I were we were working together on Friday and we were both kind of like we just had it on in the background and stuff. We, we actually mm-hmm. like stopped work to actually watch this bit and we actually had a debate as to whether or not 
is that the full-sized boat, but with just mannequins, or is that actually a whole toy boat? And I was convinced it was a toy boat, and I was I felt uh, totally redeemed when I watched the documentary, and they actually showed like the 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 five foot long toy boat that they oh, used really? for these scenes. Yeah. Oh, I would have argued that it was a full-sized boat. Uh, that's mannequins. why I was kind of like, because I would assume it was a toy boat, and like, because it looks it's close enough to like the scale of the water and everything like that. It's not too off, but I noticed especially towards the end of the second rapid scene, there's a couple bits where you can tell like it's the scale's a little off if you're paying attention to the, the plants and stuff around it but yeah mm-hmm. the, otherwise i would have even even as we're talking right now it'd still be like i don't know it could kind of go both ways but it is funny because you can totally tell yeah it's it's bogart and hepper just being super stiff in the back like not reacting to the fact <laughs> they're being bounced around or anything like that yeah yeah you know so they go down and success yeah they get down it, go, mm-hmm. it only literally lasts for like 30 seconds this little bit yeah it's not very long <laughs> yeah the rapids on the african river that they constantly talk about oh unmanageable you can't get down those rapids the They're second one three is an seconds actual, of like, waterfall kind of thing whereas yeah. this is just fast water real quick they're literally yeah. 30 seconds yeah it's like someone flushed the toilet in the middle of the river and they're like oh okay we're done Yep, they make it back down, and he gives her back control of the boat. I've never felt anything so exciting in all it my life. Is, I don't know if they went out of their way. They're trying to make this like a sexual thing intentionally, but she is just she is awoke now. She is sexually yeah, she's like, just like she's, she's flushed, like, sweaty. <laughs> she's just. feeling the back of her her. her She's feeling her cheeks with the back of her hand, being like, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. She is she, she's I've, like, never, I've never felt, felt this alive before. It's actually very I've never cute. I've never dreamed something could be so physically exhilarating. I mean, it's only happened a couple of times, once or twice when my brother's sermons, when the spirit was really upon me. But <laughs> never like this. Again, she's if, fucking if this, hyped about the whole thing. Yeah, if this were romancing the stone kind of thing, they would have drawn this out and he would have been teasing her about like, you like that. You just don't want to admit it because you're too proud she's like no i didn't i thought remember. she just comes out and says fuck it. i love that was if this were a ride i would pay again to, to, to do it again like like let's yeah and, mm-hmm. she, and he's just like well okay if that's that's he, he doesn't expect it he's really surprised but it's cute again I mean, it's like it's it's nice levity <laughs> i wish there was a way to go on splash mountain and then edit this on <laughs> <laughs> it. have them ride um, splash mountain and then her be like that was so exhilarating <laughs> Well, speaking of Disney, supposedly this movie heavily influenced the d- design of the Jungle Cruise. I guess mm. the, I always said Harper Goff, the guy who designed the Jungle Cruise, he was a huge African Queen fan. And he was okay. like, really like, let's just make this African Queen the ride, but like, we just can't call it the African Queen ride. But yeah. Mm. I've never been on that one. Eh. I need to go on that. Did they get rid of That's... it in Disneyland because it got rid of so much of the river? No. For Star I don't Wars? Think so. I don't think so. Huh. I haven't heard. Yeah. That and Small World, I've never been on. Those, I think, oh, really? those are the only two rides I've never been on. Yeah, because wow. fuck a small my world. little, yeah, and my little sister listened to the Small World record yeah. so much when we were little. I got sick of it, and I was like, I don't want anything. To do I just with hate small the way world. the outside of that place looks. Like everyone loves Mary Blair. Yeah, but I just I think she's officially overrated, and the outside of that building just looks ghastly as shit. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah, pretty much. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Not going on small world, especially because everyone's you, already parodied it so much. You kind of like, like, I, although, yeah. If you go to Disney World and you have those, because uh, I don't think they have it in Disneyland yet, you, you have those bracelets that you scan. Oh yeah, like that's the right. one, the one I got for you. Yeah. Uh, at the end of it's a small world. They'll be like, "See you next time, Bill." And yeah. actually, see your name. You told to you, me about but, that. That's that's frightening. Yeah, shit, whatever. But, uh, for kids, that's got to be amazing, though. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. So anyway, they make it down. Success. 
and he calls her crazy because she wants to keep going. And he's like, those rappers weren't shit. You are good. rappers could get way crazier. And she's like, oh, your skills with the boat were so good. I love watching you. Oh, yeah. She is Maybe just, with enough practice, I can get that good. She's oh, like turning to so? rock, Macho Man Randy Savage here. She's just so Ooh, hyped. yeah. <laughs> your skills with the boat were excellent. Yeah. The cream rises to the top. She's actually the got the little cream thing in her. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the cream coming out. And you ride that boat with the cream. I can't do anything with <laughs> That's that. That's actually pretty... I, I mean, again, it's better than I can do, so I can't slag on it. So, uh, uh, he tells her those rappers weren't shit. They barely escaped. And this makes her even more excited. She's like, oh, fuck yes, more rapids, more rapids. She's <laughs> throwing devil horns and shit. Yep. And uh, then that scene ends. And later, they're stopped on the river. And she's still beaming about how the rapids... And she's like, hey, what's wrong with you? Because he's fucking drunk as shit. It's, yeah, yeah I, I, they don't really mark the passage of time that well, because he goes from being relatively normal to suddenly like, hey, what you doing? Yeah, he's all yeah. like, Burr. I love Bogart drunk in this scene. It's it's fucking great. Yeah, it's almost like he's got experience being drunk. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. God knows, he was probably not acting that much. He, he probably had a couple shots before they started filming this scene, mm-hmm. but yeah. You know, I wonder what, uh, old hollywood have been would have been like if uh at the time people had known how bad smoking and alcoholism was for you well that was supposedly what took out uh, bogart was he did get like a soft esophageal cancer mm-hmm. so i mean yeah maybe who knows maybe he would have just been resigned to say fuck it i don't care but uh but yeah that's especially if you could have gone back like the, the dawn of the century and let people know like hey you know what this is this is this shit's gonna kill like half of you guys. Like yeah. you wonder if anyone would have at least tried to curb it a little bit. Yeah, you're either gonna try die because your liver fails or because you will die in a car crash because you got drunk. Uh, I didn't even think about the car like not even just the uh, basic alcoholism, but yeah, that's but I just love him. Just he's just absurd I when he's like she says something about his absurd ideas and he's just like absurd ideas absurd ideas uh, you got 10 absurd ideas to one my one of mine and he's just like brr, brr, brr. Mm-hmm. she's it's just great she's very optimistic about their odds and yeah she asks him why he doesn't want to go on well presumably all, i he, wonder if he's gotten drunk because he's whereas she was so like riding high off the 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 rapids thing i wonder if he got drunk just to take the edge off of being so sh- scared shitless after the 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 thing i mean it's not like yeah. he needs much excuse to get drunk but like that no. that's that's how i as- assumed what's why why he's drunk and she's still free like so happy right now but yeah and he's like all i would take is one little bullet and, just poof, up <laughs> you poof. and she's like well then we'll go by night we're past the uh yeah because the, they got to uh, sneak by fort. like she's all looking forward to more rapids but he's pointing out that yeah there's a giant's german yeah. outpost that's, that's gonna shoot them up if they try to sneak past it before he, before they even says, get to the next rapids yeah he says that the rapids will fuck them up but she don't care she says uh you did agree to it and he says i didn't agree to it i didn't agree to nothing and she's like well you are a liar and what worse you're a coward Ooh, his face does how would you sell he's like oh you ain't no lady no miss 
That's what my poor old mother would say. You. There's a moment there where he gets, he gets super self pitying when he mentioned his mother. He's about to cry. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite because, like, not only is he being drunk, but then like he goes through all these different emotions while being drunk. And the scene only goes on for thirty seconds, but he goes from like being angry to being so like sobby and like self. The self pity yeah. is what yeah, really. No, it's it's beautiful. I can either. Who's the, the caption of his poem anyway? <laughs> I just brought you along because I feel sorry for you because you lost your brother. Well, I ain't sorry no more songs, singing, getting old made. So then he goes and sits that's, down. That's the strongest barb he has for her in the whole film, too. That's that's yeah. probably the lowest moment between them is yeah. when he like calls her out. And she, again, she does Her chin... Her chin wobbles and she works but, very hard to keep her composure. Yeah. Again, Anne Hepburn if, was a good actress. If this were a romancing the stone kind of thing, this would have been turned into an argument that would have taken up the whole middle act of the film and stuff like that. No, she 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 takes it on the chin, and she just you know she just knows that he's drunk and she's being he's being an idiot, and she just yeah she just whatever yeah, rolls them with the punches. I I like Catherine Hepburn. I haven't. I don't think I've really seen anything of hers that I've been like fuck yeah that was a fucking absolutely fantastic movie i know you love a, a lion in winter yeah but i haven't seen anything of hers well, that has blown me away and i'd like to see something of hers that i'm like yes that was a great katherine hepburn movie especially hearing like even film nerds talk about katherine hepburn i rarely see people po- go to specific performances that they that they love as much as they just love katherine hepburn as a person yeah, I feel like I even, need to watch more Bogart, of her comedies. Yeah, even because Bogart, I feel people like she will point to Casablanca or this or Treasure Sierra Madre. Whereas Catherine Hepburn, like, yeah, I feel like she's got good comedic timing, yeah. but I haven't really watched any of her comedies. Isn't we we have to do some Spencer Tracy because I've never seen any Spencer Tracy. There's the yeah. one where they have a don't they have a like a cougar uh, bringing up baby? I don't know. Mm. That I was actually that was actually on my list of one of the things we like in the last couple of weeks we almost watched, but yeah, okay. I think we got some Spencer Tracy stuff coming up just because I haven't seen some of that stuff. But yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, I got more Catherine Hepburn. But yeah, I, she's I'd great. Like to watch I, some of her official comedies. And I guess the big, the lasting legacy from like from a Hollywood perspective in this film is the fact that this is the uh, only role that's got uh, Bogart an Oscar. And I wonder mm-hmm. if uh, Hepburn was at least nominated for this film. And if not, I wonder why. Because I mean, she's as, at least I don't, she's at least as good as Bogart in this film. And you kind of wonder. I think she got nominated. And uh, NFF, yeah, she if she got nominated and lost, I wonder what she lost too. Uh, did, did, did yeah, she was nominated. Oh, okay, uh, let's see, 1952. Uh, I wonder what 1951 would have come out that year. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you'll find out since you're on the Google sleuth. I'm working on it. This part oh, where what? I. What year was it? Oh my gosh, I've had too much rum. What year did this come out? The movie came out in 1951, so presumably it would have been okay, the 1952 Oscars. Let's see. I'll look it up. No, you're fine. I got it. I'm going to check my email in the middle of the podcast. So she, she was lost to a streetcar named Desire, Vivian Lee. Ooh, Vivian Lee from Psycho, right? 
Yes. I yes. You know, we should probably do a streetcar named Desire someday just because I've, you know. Yeah. It's that's only, just. It's something I always think about. Because I don't know. Aside from, can't you hear me yell? I know, Stella. That's the thing. That's all I know about a streetcar named Desire. How are we going to do that and not just turn it into a constant? <laughs> Might as well just watch that episode again and wonder how how much like it is. It is like the original play or movie. Or is maybe, it start maybe off as a book? Um, maybe we could get Bob Mackie on that episode. We couldn't, <laughs> but maybe we could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of terrible movies, I just got an email from Movie Madness telling me that my sponsored film movie, because uh, they had a Kickstarter where, the, like, the, mm-hmm. the Movie Madness is the big uh, indie uh, movie rental place here in Portland, and yeah. uh, they had a Kickstarter. And part of the Kickstarter thing, you could sponsor a film uh, to have display uh, in the store. And I sponsored the movie Toys, and I just got an email from oh, them no. saying that my sponsored uh, movie Toys is now available within the shop. So what does that mean? So that means they have a copy of the movie Toys on their shelf that says, this movie was sponsored by Bill Mudrin is a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, okay, because I thought you know, they were going to like be like, and we're going to be showing it at this theater, and no, you would that be was the an only one in the audience like- with, with two <laughs> flags that each say Toys on it going, yay! And you <laughs> would be the only yay! one there. We're going to have a little premiere <laughs> for us. We're gonna try to get Robin Wright over. And, oh, yeah, give us. I have never been so thankful. I've seen a movie that I have. <laughs> that I've seen toys. That's the thing, because toys. I mean, Movie Madness is enough movies. They would. I, I. I could pretty much guarantee they would have had toys, even if it wasn't listed anywhere. Would have been in a shelf in the like in their back storeroom or something like that. But I wanted to make sure that somewhere in that store, like with a label, kind of making it stick out, there it just says toys on it. Oh, uh, you know, I wonder if it's just like I wonder if they even have a DVD. Of it. I don't even know if that movie's on DVD. It may just be a, just a battered 30-year-old VHS copy of Toys. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Movie Madness, for emailing us right in the middle of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, so anyway. So anyway, she calls him a coward. He says that he ain't no coward. And who bowed in is it anyway? And he asked her on board because he felt sorry for her song-singing skinny old maid. And she does some great acting with the step off her lip and almost crying and all that. And he goes and sits down and starts singing while chugging his gym. I meant to look up what song that is because it's a great little like diddle diddle do, and which I didn't think too much of it until the end credits, which they actually play music, like in the score. They're playing that little whatever little ditty it is. I'll, I'll look it up while you're talking, but yeah, go ahead. So her chin wobbles and she works very hard to keep her composure, and then yeah, because she's ends. Catherine Hepburn. That's kind of her job. Yeah. Later, he wakes up. And she is busy dumping all the gin off the side of the boat. Yeah. Pouring it into the Amazon River. And I guess that song is while, called The Bold Fisherman. Okay. While holding her umbrella to keep the sun off her head. And, oh, Mish, have pity, Mish. Ah, you don't know what you're doing, Miss. No, I'll perish <laughs> without the, the hair most, of the like, dog. 40s fit like way of reacting to me you were yeah like yeah where he's trying to reason it ain't your property oh oh oh. well it's great because he because he's doing the alcoholic thing where he's trying to take every possible tack to keep her from uh pouring the stuff out like his last yeah but he don't like it's not your property you can't do it and but he yeah he's so hung over that he really can't put up any fight and I just yeah. even the way the scene starts where it's kind of like from Bogart's perspective, <laughs> where the camera like, fades in as he's waking back up. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, it ain't your property. <laughs> Thank you, Joker. <laughs> what is that? Oh. What's... I was trying to do Hoggle. 
You change your property. Oh, but I might be too. I might have had too much rum to properly do. Turning to Mark Hamill there for half a second. Oh, there's you even nice, your property. One of the nicest shots too, where they kind of denotes a little bit of a passage of time, is that like she she finished uh, she finishes dropping uh, emptying out that bottle of gin, and mm-hmm. then she drops it into the water, and you see it splash, and suddenly lifts up, and you see that she has now finished emptying both uh, crates of gin into the water. And there's yeah, literally like the two dozen bottles floating in the water, trailing after the African Queen. And and yeah yep later he's feeling sober and fine i'm kind of surprised how quickly because again if this were this movie were made two decades later there would be a whole thing of him sobering up and Mm -hmm. things but no he's just yeah he's i've seen a couple people point out that like him uh shaving his uh beard off or whatever little stubble off is kind of like his character finally taking this mission and taking her seriously trying to clean up a little bit literally and figuratively and yeah, 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 this is the turn in his character arc, I guess. Yeah. If you're worried about such a thing, but yeah. Yeah. He's shaving his face in the reflection of the boiler. Which, oh, this is old timey shit too, but I still, I still want to sit down and try to shave with a straight razor someday. Cause you always see this in old timey movies and people are so good with it that like, uh, yeah, it's easy, very easy to romantize, romanticize. I can barely handle a fucking safety razor, Gillette, <laughs> fucking whatever the fuck it is, but I should yeah. not be like, oh, one day I should I should also draw a knife against my face and see what happens. Oh, oops, oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, anyway. So uh, he's sober, feeling fine, he shaves his face, and he says it's nice to have a lady on board. She keeps the clean living in order. Well, with her, it's business before pleasure. Yeah, a guy who lives by himself long enough, he gets to live in like a hog, which I can personally attest to. Yeah. He hasn't had that old engine so clean in years, inside and out. But she she's not having it. She just keeps reading her book and ignoring him. Even, uh, even when he asked for tea, which used to get her super wet. Now mm-hmm. she's just like, mm, I don't even react to tea no more. <laughs> she keeps on yeah. turning the books, uh, the pages in her Bible. Mm-hmm. He asked her how she, what, how's the book she's reading, and if she'll read it aloud, but she won't. So then he's like, oh, so, uh, you're not gonna read to me, huh? You're a bad Christian, huh? Huh? And he it makes all the animal sound records go Oh, that's right, because he barks at her really loud, enough that she actually jumps. It's the one time yeah. she really kind of, like, reacts to him in the scene, which that's also, again... And then, like, if this were, like, made 20 years later, it would be all, like, this would be more of a comedic scene, but I love when then he yells and she actually jumps. She acts like a normal human being a little bit. And I do love that is one of the most cartoonish moments in the movie where his yell not only startles her, but startles the entire circus of animals, which happen to be just on, just right outside of camera range, presumably. it yeah. startles all the people that are holding the record. Yeah, that's uh, what it sounds like. The, the needle above the animal sound effect records, and they all jump and drop their records at the same time. Yeah, because it's the they most canned, like, like, kookaroo birds and chimps mm-hmm. and dragons and crocodiles. and Oh, it's ridiculous, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he asked her why she's being so mean. Uh, sure, he's had a drop or two too much, but it's human nature. And she says, human nature is what we are put on this world to rise above. When I was watching that, Dylan totally anticipated <laughs> that line coming and did this, like, fucking note-perfect impression of her saying it as she was saying it, which mm. that just cracked me up, yeah. Which, that's kind of, that. that's, that's Catherine Hepburn's, that's Rosie 
in a nutshell. That's her whole character is like acknowledging that, you know, fucked up shit in the world, but that the whole point of living is rising above that and making something better for yourself. Yeah. yeah. So he says he's sorry. What more can a man do besides apologize? She didn't even leave him a drop of gin. Which, if he had been smart, he would have hit a crate away where nobody would have found it. Not that there's much. I he guess is, there's a small he is not a true he can at least tuck the bottle in, but yeah. Yeah, he's not a true alcoholic that he didn't hide a bottle or two away well, from Well, to be fair, he was not seen. anticipating having to take her on, so I guess he didn't have time to, like, stash a bottle anywhere, but yeah. Yeah. So she says it wasn't his nasty drunkenness that did it. It was that he promised to go down the river, and then he backed out of it. And he says that he don't get it. There's death a thousand times down the river. So he's taking that promise back. And then he's like, fine, we'll go down the river. <laughs> well, the, again, like the crocodiles will be super soaked. They get to eat us. I was Great. expecting with this movie of having the Hollywood caliber it is in such a legendary movie. I was waiting for the big Oscar winning moment where she would tear up and plead with him, argue with him or do what where they would have this big knockdown drag out argument about that finally convinces him to not only like agree to the mission but finally like believe in her and yeah. I, that never really happens she just stands her ground and he's left to i think that's probably why bogart won the oscar is that like he he's 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 forced to process that as a character by himself they don't have an argument he's just yeah, he's he's forced to internalize that as a character and and kind of show that at, through his acting. And it's just a very brief moment. It's not, it's not like a big thing. It's not like he suddenly turns to the camera and you see him think sad thoughts, then mad thoughts, and then accepting thoughts. And you know, but it's just kind of I don't yeah. know. Again, there's something. This movie's a cartoon. It's heightened reality. It's not not really particularly realistic, but it's grounded mm-hmm. enough that like I do like it. Turns from him just like flailing at her with logic and all this other stuff. Like every he attacks her every way possible. And when all that fails, he just resigns. He's like, "Fuck it, yeah, okay, you're right. Let's okay, we'll do it. I'm sorry. Let's go." Yep. Yeah. So she asks him after he says, "Yeah, let's keep going." She's like, "Oh, cool. You want some breakfast?" <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I want some breakfast." And she's like, "Fucking, there's no time for breakfast. Get that steamer going." He's like, "Fuck, fuck." I'll and like, that's the tenor of their their conversation. That's what their whole relationship in a nutshell. And yeah. that, like, he can never kind of catch a break with her, but not in some kind of, like, she's never presented as, like, this stern taskmaster. She just knows what's better, and he does have a crush on her, and it's also, there's this whole woman-male dynamic of him just, like, he's he's always gonna re- relinquish to her because she's, I don't know, there's, the whole, there's a whole lot of, there's character things, there's sexual things, there's gender things going on in this, in this whole uh, relationship, with them, which which I like. It's, 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 it's a nice little thing. It's, this movie's good and their relationship yeah. is good, I like it. Yeah. Make note of the time, because I gotta make a tinkle, so you can Uncle, either ramp or edit. Tinkle popo! Okay. Tinkle popo! <laughs> Okay, I should make you write that down. 129? 120. 29. Tinkle Popo. What is Tinkle Popo? Is that the name of the game? Oh, I think they said that was the original name for Kirby. <laughs> when when Nintendo was coming up with Kirby, was it Sakurai? Who came up with the guy who does Smash Brothers? He's the guy who invented Kirby, and I think... 
when Nintendo of Japan came to Nintendo of America and was all like, hey, we got this new game coming out. It stars a character named Tinkle Popo. I think, like, Howard Phillips and everyone else from Nintendo America was like, what? Wait, 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 wait. You gotta, you gotta type that out slower. Send us another email. Wait, what? Did you, was that, was that a goof? Like, nope, it's Tinkle Popo. And they're like, oh, shit, we gotta, we gotta rename this shit. Um, yeah. And then supposedly, 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 they either named Kirby after Jack Kirby, the comic book artist, which I don't know why they would name him, but, or there was a lawyer named Kirby who worked for Nintendo. Supposedly, that's where they got the name from. And then J Nintendo of Japan adopted it. Let me make sure I'm not totally just making this up. Tinkle Popo. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Tinkle Popo. Tinkle Popo. I don't know if I'm going to keep this in the podcast. I don't know what's taking Daniel so long. How you doing? <laughs> did you vamp or did you take I, I was quiet for a second and then I started vamping because I had nothing else to do. I just was oh, okay. freaking out, 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 out about the history of Tinkle Popo, which was Kirby's original name. What? You didn't know that Kirby from Nintendo, his original name was Tinkle Popo? I don't think I knew that. Yeah, the, that's... that's it, Listen Which to the podcast and you'll get all the history about it. Oh, okay. Okay. Tinkle so they keep moving down the river. Things are sad. And they see a fort in the distance. So they get down. They got a duck. While Germans look on them. Eventually taking out their guns and shooting at them. Yeah, the Germans are like in a Dracula castle. I was I was surprised that it actually is like a castle in the middle of Africa. It's all very exciting and super slow. <laughs> it does go on for a while. Well, they are just on a very slow moving boat. And I mm -hmm. thought there was going to be more of their plan other than to, in broad daylight, just try mm -hmm. to like get shot at and hope they don't die. Like, because they yeah, even nope, mentioned earlier that's that, the that plan. they were talking about, oh, we can go at nighttime, we can do this, we can do that. Nope, they're just, just going to try not to die. Yep. A hose on the engine gets shot off and they start drifting. Yeah. And Bogart sits up and tries to fix it, which yeah. he does. Well, it turns out, and, well, it's, it's, it's the line connecting to the engine to the actual steam motor. Yeah. And so he has to fix it otherwise. Well, he even says for a moment that, like, hopefully we can just drift, get out of this by drifting, and he realizes that's not going to work. So he's forced to stand up as they're getting shot at to try to tape everything back together. And he does. And, yeah. All while the Africans that the Germans have recruited to fight in their army are like... <laughs> yeah, they're like extra shooting just... At them. Got a super boner to kill people, which is a little... Uh, I think they just got a super boner to shoot things. Yeah, oh yeah, that's... Yeah, I guess they've never handled guns before, so they're super up on yeah. using that shit. Uh, but the one the, the one Nazi... Not Nazi. I forget, it's World War One. it's not World War II. Uh, the one yeah. German commandant guy, looks like a fat little piggy with glasses on, he, he gets a... Uh, Busts out the sniper rifle and he's about to take out um, yep. Bogart. Bogart. Yeah. When a glare comes out of nowhere and I isn't guess explained. It's like water? Because they even mentioned earlier in the film that they were hoping to, at least if they were going to try to do this in, in broad daylight, the sun would at least be in their eyes. Mm. The Germans' eyes when they did this. And for, I, although this kind of makes it look like it's almost like a glare off the water or something. Yeah. But like, it's. Th maybe this is the first of two acts of God intervening, intervening on Rosie and Charlie's uh, behalf in the film. But yeah, there is a glare. Literally saves Charlie's life at the last second. And they just mm. go around the bed and keep on chugging. Blinds him and they keep moving on. So they get away. 
Only encounter more rapids almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Which beat the shit out of those mannequins playing <laughs> Hepburn boat, and Bogart. Toy boat, toy boat. This time it's way worse. There's at least four or five stagehands throwing buckets of water at them. <laughs> yeah, this cross cuts between actual footage of them in Africa, blue screen footage of them, which is terrible, and then also them like in a water tank with like, yeah, just buckets of water just being thrown on top of them. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, they actually go down a couple waterfalls too. It's not just the rapids, but they actually like, yeah, the boat gets actually fucked up. No. But once again, they make a hip hip hooray. They both get super excited and hug. And no, oh, I can't believe we did it. Yay. And he takes her hat and throws it away. Yay. And I didn't notice kiss. that part. Okay. Yep. They kiss. Things get quiet and awkward. And oh, yes. that's right. This is the big. This I was taking my notes and I missed. This is the what I was. This is this, mm. this, the, the turning point in the film for them as a couple. Mm. <laughs> my handling of the boat. All right. Uh, yeah. It was better than all right. It got me rock hard. And then he goes and does a thousand-yard stare as he throws wood in the fire. <laughs> We're gonna find out in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Like they fucked so yeah. hard that she uh, broke it. Oh, Bill, you gotta put in a rim shop for that one. <laughs> okay. Oh. oh my God, yeah. <laughs> so uh, mm. they take a break to refuel and shit. She pumps something. And he comes up behind her and is like, no, no, you gotta yeah! kiss. No. You gotta do it. Wait, did they not already kiss? Don't wear yourself out. Yeah, did- they kissed that one okay, time. Okay, they did kiss. Well, that's the big thing. Like, it's kind of like an unromantic kiss, too, because they don't do a big music swell too much or anything like that. It just it's just kind a, of a celebration kiss but, then, kiss. but then, like, he's very hands on with her in the next scene when she's pumping and he's helping her pump. And mm-hmm. I guess it's supposed to be a sexual thing. And yeah. Do they not wake up the next morning, too? Well, he comes back from the woods when he's got a thorn in his foot, and she pulls it out, and and bees are all sweet for each other. And... Okay, because there's a scene where they wake up, or she wakes up, and he wakes up, and he's he's made her tea or something like that. Dylan was convinced that is supposed to be suggesting that they have just fucked, and I can't remember mm-hmm. if we've just shot past that or that is coming up very soon. Ugh. But just the thought of these. Well, two... that's what all these things going on here. He like yeah, these he gets the thing two... in his foot. Two sweaty ass old <laughs> people made what out is, of warm leather terrible. having sex. the sound of Bogart? No bueno. This is the sound of Bogart and Hepburn making love. <laughs> Mr. Bones just clanking against each other. They're gnarly <laughs> hip bones. Ah! Oh, wait. Eh. <laughs> wait, I was trying to do Hepburn. I'm not even trying to do Bogart. Bogart would be like, eh. And she'd be like, oh. eh, eh. <laughs> that's, what, oh. that's what the lions and shit hear while they're banging in the middle of the night, just like, <laughs> Christ. My hip bones against your hip bones. <laughs> so at some point, she asks him if he recognizes the flowers. Neither of them know the flowers. Oh, this they is say, totally. He says is, they, sh- they yeah. sure are pretty. And he puts his hand on her shoulder. She puts her hand on his shoulder. I'm having another And then they old timey kiss it up. That's okay, yeah. Well, this is totally like, I wonder if, like, them not recognizing the flowers, it's supposed to be a little bit of a biblical Eden thing where they're, like, found the garden so. again, blah, blah, blah. Well, even the whole, like, him to her taking a thorn out of his foot is very much like the fucking lion paw kind of fucking bullshit. It's all symbolism. Ugh, mm. oh, I'm not even drinking now- again yet. Now they're a prim and proper couple. 
Yeah. Well, is that maybe that's the next morning when like I think he's up and she's asleep or vice versa or something well, like that. The next morning he wakes up to her making tea. Ah, uh, that's what uh, it is. Yeah, because like he's on the floor, but there's she, enough space on the floor that where she would have been sleeping. Yeah, they've been fucking. Mm. They they fucked he so pre- hard that night. He pretends to still be asleep, <sighs> and she's staring at him, and Mrs. Pouring the tea into the cup. At yeah, first, they're acting just... like the two people. Dylan is completely correct, and they are acting like two people just fucked so hard the night before that they're still trying to get their shit together the next morning. Mister mm-hmm. <laughs> All Nut, uh, dear, and he wakes <laughs> up to Nut, that. Mister Busted Nut. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what he called breakfast in bed. Oh, oops, and All Nut. I- <laughs> I hate you so much sometimes. Oh no, I got this terrible bukkake hepper image in my head. No, no, no. So she's like, Tia, uh, uh, what's your first name? And he says, it's Charlie. She says, like, that's a nice name. Well, and he says, give us a kiss. This leads credence to the fact that they just fuck too, because like her asking him for his name, it's not just like curiosity, but you get the impression that like she's a little embarrassed that she doesn't even know the first name of this guy that she has presumably allowed her to be deflowered in the butt routinely throughout the night before. (laughs) And she doesn't even know this guy's first name. And because she's very, it's not just like, hey, what's your first name? She's very kind of like coy, like, I forgot to ask. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's Charlie. And she's, and it's very cute when she finds out Charlie, she's like, she seems to be horrified to think that his name is going to be like Humphrey (laughs) or something. She's like, Charlie, Charlie is a good name. She's so happy. She's fucked a guy with a nice first name. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, yeah, shit's it's sure is pretty around here. I mean, we'll keep doing our mission and all, but I'd like to come back here someday. So she had a moment of weakness and I almost thought they might not be able to do it, but they're going to get it done. So they, they they keep going down the river with and there's a scene with Humphrey Bogart making hippos and monkey noises, <laughs> which uh, which Catherine Hepburn thinks is the funniest damn thing she's done ever seen. I mean, man, you're tired. You got you got no booze. All you have to do is to to, to pass the time away. Is fuck Catherine Hepburn and make fun of animals. I mean, you're gonna you gotta find a way to entertain yourself yep. after a while. But He's yeah, he waving his hands for- by his head, being <laughs> <laughs> this goes on for a while, and he sees. And yeah. she's like, <laughs> again, this is the era before Super Nintendo. You don't have anything to entertain <laughs> yourself with. They didn't have books yet. Yeah. Nope, no books. It's 1914. They didn't have no TV. They had no HBO. They had no mm-hmm. Virtual Boy. Nope. All they got is hardcore fucking. Minecraft was still 20 years away. But uh, then they, oh no, it's time to get serious because there's more rapids coming up. Again? Really? Yep. Oh, Over the waterfalls is, well, they go. Oh it's no. It's really just more one waterfall. Oh, this is what twists the, the, the sh- <laughs> twists the shaft. <laughs> but they come out fine yet again. Yeah. And they wind up on the shore and they dump the water off the boat to look at the damage. Well, they're not fine. I mean, yeah, they're taking water. Like, by the time they finally get to, like, the shore, like, the boat's, like, mostly sunk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not sunk. It just took on so much water. You find out, like, it, there's, there's, it jumps ahead a couple hours. They've managed to get all the water out of the boat. And it turns out he actually even specifically did say, actually, everything's okay. We're not taking on water anymore. There's no leaks except. Yeah, the engine's fucked up. Or not the engine, but like the drive shaft and the propeller of the of the African Queen are all jacked. Yeah. 
and then, then yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 it's taking on water like they're playing the new hit Xbox game, Sea of Thieves. Pre order your copy now oh, to forgot, play. We got advertising now. <laughs> we got so we got to squeeze a Ready Player One reference into this oh, positive no. Ready Player One reference, and we hit three times before the uh, podcast is over. So, uh, they wind up on the shore and they dump water off the boat. The hull looks fine. You know what? They're dumping water. Oh, shit. That's not going to work either. I was going to say, like in the video game Kaboom, as seen in Ready Player One. Mm. Um, No, but anyway, shut up, Bill. But he's got to look at the underside of the boat to figure out what that noise was, and he sees the propeller is jacked to shit. Yeah, it's thrown one of the blades. It's uh, one of the blades on the propeller is cracked in half. The shaft is twisted and it's like corkscrew and the blade is missing. I mean, she would have a tight vagina and if she <laughs> flipped over in the middle of a stroke, it would just his dick would come out like a fucking crazy straw. Mm. I mean, holy shit. I would imagine Kevin Hepburn had a vagina like a fucking black hole clenched teeth. Just, yeah. When was the last time you used a crazy straw? <laughs> Like I feel like that was the most oh, exciting you know, I shit. I think like sexually, like in my penis. No, like that was the most exciting shit in the 80s. You're Man, like, fuck yeah, I, I'm gonna have this crazy straw, drink my milk. <laughs> the, the only crazy straws I would ever get was at my local amusement park. They would always mm. have drinks with crazy straws and would bring them home and like those would be the official crazy straws in the house. Yeah, and then your mom would be like, I'm not cleaning this. No, yeah. come on. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's, especially as a kid, you're not going to take care of the crazy straw. You're not going to think no. about, okay, it's time for me to carefully wash this crazy straw. No, you just let your fucking Coke rot in it for three months before you remember <laughs> to use it again. And then you wonder why it's filled with mold and spiders. and Yeah. yeah. Crazy straws. What? And I... Has anyone invented the self-cleaning crazy straw? Uh, yes. Beautiful. Actually, I wonder... Amazon, let's see. Oh, get the craziest <laughs> straw you can possibly get. Crazy straws. Because mm. if you can just get them by the gross, you don't have to worry about recleaning them. You just... No, just, you just fill up the landfills. <laughs> the world's already so, doomed. Oh, you can get a pack of 36 crazy straws for ten fifty three on Amazon oh, Prime. Oh, my dreams can oh, finally Pro- become I can have reality. This by Wednesday. The, by the next time we record, I could be sipping a crazy straw while we're doing it. A <gasps> hundred this- crazy straws <gasps> for $16. Oh my gosh, this had better become a reality. Uh-huh. So he tells her that they could uh, they could fix the shit if they were in town. It'd be pretty easy, but they're not in town. And she's like, oh, but if you got the shaft on shore, could you straighten it out? And he's like, yeah, baby, I could do that. So he could make some bellows and use charcoal and maybe oh, that is- would work. But the blade is still jacked to shit. There's an interesting bit here where her performance is really interesting because she realizes how fucked they are um, mm. if they can't get the boat going. Because they're right on the edge of the marshlands and stuff. Like, they're there. I mean, aside, they just need the boat to survive, too. But, like, there's this interesting thing where, she, like, he's super down on the dumps. He doesn't think they, they, they can get out of there. But the way she encourages him and kind of, like, prods his knowledge and kind of like supports him in thinking about like like she's not just like saying hey you can do this she's just very much just being kind of supplicant in him to him in a really interesting way where like she's just trying to gently get him to think that it's like he can fix this and i just thought that was very interesting even how she 
um she's the one who mentions like she's seen like the the, the native tribesmen how like they use charcoal uh to as a forge and stuff like that and i just thought that her performance there is really interesting like because i think it's not just her just being nice but i think she is intentionally manipulating him in a way that he doesn't recognize i don't know maybe i'm just mm. reading into this but uh, but not manipulating Maybe. him in a bad way, but she's just trying to keep... She's not trying to, to frustrate him, but she's just trying to be helpful in a way that... I think this already shows that she knows how his mind works and already shows what a good couple they're already kind of being that she can already... She already knows him well enough that he could... She could prod him towards doing this without, like, yeah, frustrating or angering or anything like that. Not that he's yeah. prone to anger or anything like that, but I yeah. don't know. And she's like, well, if you could get the blades on show, couldn't you weld it back on? I mean... That is the right word I'm using, isn't it? That's exactly. Yeah. With stuff like that, where she's like, "Yes, no, I don't know." I I just love the way she's. Donnie, I, yeah, I'd love this scene. It's great. Yeah. So he goes underwater, and but he can't get the shaft out. It's stuck. She offers to help, but he'll do it himself. But she goes down anyhow, and together they get it out. Yeah. Making their own bellows and shit at night and to get it all straightened. And, when, and somehow he's managed to weld the blade together by just hammering it. This is... I, I know nothing about how the world works, especially how you're going to fix a, a goddamn boat in the middle of Africa in 1914. <laughs> but yeah, even Well, I, me, know you can, I know you can't weld a piece of metal to another metal metal by hammering at it that's what that's the one thing where i was like welding what they're not dick. <laughs> yeah they skip over that part but i do love the way they film him uh uncorkscrewing the drive shaft for the boat where it, like it's obviously they've shown an orange light onto the onto the rod on, onto <laughs> yeah. him which i thought that was great because you know they're not going to do a whole thing where they're actually going to make it glow or anything like that but i thought no. it was great but yeah i do love that they, they just really hand wave how he fixes the propeller well he doesn't even have to fix the propeller because he doesn't even have the other blade he has to like forge not only forge a whole new blade but then somehow weld it on and all they do is show him just kind of like pluck a, like a freshly forged blade that, i don't know how the hell he made it out of perfectly balanced to the other blades yeah like because like it has to be twisted in such a way that like to get it to meet like I, this is way more complicated than i think the film understands how that would be but yeah mm-hmm. the last thing you see he's just hammering the two pieces together in a way that i don't know how that's supposed to work and then suddenly voila everything's fixed so yeah. voila they get voila. it on and find out everything will work in the water also, by and Thursday... everything works out hunky-dory. Hunky-dory. <laughs> Great. Uh, by Thursday, I'm going to be in possession of 100 crazy straws. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, so next time I see you, you're getting some crazy straws. <laughs> you're going to... John, uh, uh, John, you John know, is going to grow up with crazy straws in his house. And I didn't believe people when they would constantly tell me... Bill is not an impulsive buyer. He will not buy things on impulse. And I said, oh, no, no, you do not know. You do not know the same Bill Mudron I know. That man will not purchase anything on impulse. And they said, he shall and he will. You know what? I'm going to double check to at least make, make sure the reviews for those crazy straws are positive. Make sure that they're not defective crazy straws in any way. <laughs> This crazy straw killed my cat. <laughs> when was the last time we fed? You know what? The bigger question is, when was the last time we used a straw in general? Uh, anytime you get like a soda or at a, uh, yeah. some fast food uh, But or like at home. You know, you know what? I like the idea of taking a crazy straw with you, though. Mm. <laughs> like just, <laughs> just, just pull it out of your, your pocket like a pocket protector like and be like, like excuse me. 
Yeah. Excuse me, I must class this up. <laughs> you go to the bar and you get a shot of something. And then you- <laughs> That'd be worth it. Oh, God, speaking of which, I just poured myself a second shot half an hour ago and I still haven't... Okay, I should probably hit this up. Anyway, go ahead. So, anyway, uh, they get it on, everything works out, and... Uh, they lounge in the boat at dusk, running along the river, looking at the animals on the shore to talk about how awesome they each are. And, oh, they're so wrinkly, old, and sweaty. It's great. They're in love. Yeah. Because there's nobody else in Africa. Look like I am. Are they out on the lake now? No. So they, they drop anchor, and suddenly. And out of nowhere, mosquitoes show up, and they start <laughs> eating them. This is the most random scene in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. He throws a blanket over her uh, so he can pull the anchor back up and get them out of Bugville. Bugville. And, and quick- like, the bugs, the mosquitoes are just like, it's like lint being blown over the frame. Yeah. It's obviously not like actual mosquitoes. No. But like, they're just like, I don't know what they did, but it really is just like a bunch of lint in a box they're shaking over the camera lens or yeah, something like qu- that. Like, after the fact. As fa- quickly like- as... As quickly as they showed up, the mosquitoes vanish. They're like, eh, we're not going to chase them. All he does is grab a boom pole, and then he shoves the boat away from the bush that, I guess, where the mosquitoes live. And now that they're in the open water, suddenly the mosquito- mosquitoes literally fade out of the shot. Mm-hmm. It's not like they disperse or anything like that. And then she's like, oh, Charlie, y'all bitten up. And he's all like, I taste like dog food. Or he has some kind of like, <laughs> he, he kind of just shrugs it off. I mean, that yeah. again, that's the tenor of the relationship. He does something heroic and he shrugs it off. And she's all like, oh, I know you did a sacrifice for us, Charlie. Yeah. And the most, and it's the most frightened she's been, but has been at mosquitoes. She not screams. Yeah. Not Germans shooting at her or the rapids almost killing them, but little mosquitoes poking her. <laughs> Maybe she's great because the mosquitoes make this sound she does. Uh, buzz. <laughs> They'll get to the lake soon, hopefully. Again, well, they're, on, we're getting there, yeah. On how much whining the old river does, and he mentions they'll have great stories to tell their grandchildren. Wait, man, oh, this oh, is presumptuous. They've oh, known each other oh, for a weekend. Oh, good heavens, no, all nut. I don't think it's healthy for either of you to be having grandchildren at your age. Plus, I don't think either of you will still be alive by the time your child has a child I know, exactly. At best, they might produce a golem. <laughs> if they're lucky. They might permit, per, just make a homunculus, but that's about it. Which I should not be slagging on them, because I think I think Audrey Hepburn, or not, uh, Catherine Hepburn was like my age in this film, so I should not be. Although, yeah ancient uh, yeah and also like yeah being like 42 years old and like 1914 means that you're gonna be dead in five years no matter what but yeah yeah oh my so they, god so, so they hit a marshy area nothing but grass or papyrus for as far as the eye can see they're not yeah, even this sure is what the direction they go. yeah so rose picks a direction and they go deeper into the grass where they both get all of a sudden, way more dirty and raggedy looking than they had at this point. And they're pushing through it with sticks. It's all very grassy. They've always followed the current, but what little there was of it. And <laughs> Bogart is all, as crazy. Crazy as I am. Sorry, old girl. Relationship goals. Get together with somebody you can call old girl. 
and they don't automatically kick you in the throat. Well, especially because he just used that as, he just threw that as like, in her face, like, her being old, just like literally just 20 minutes ago in the film. But I guess, yeah, again, because they have fucked, the relationship is advanced to the point that, yeah, old girl, old river, everything's old now. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> so he gets out of the boat and starts pulling it with a rope. Because that's just what you do when the dramatic music plays. Well, yeah, well, did we get to... You may have mentioned it, but I was taking a shot of booze. Did you mention the fact that he was joking about how, like, they might have to get out and carry the boat over the marshes? I didn't mention that. And that's when he's like, oh, uh, it doesn't look like it's so much of a joke anymore. And they don't carry it, but yeah, he ends up getting out and he literally has to pull it through the mud. Yeah. Yeah. Not the well. It's not muddy, but like it's marsh. Like he can't. Like he even specifically points out. Like it's impossible to tell where the where the land starts and the water begins. And so, yeah, it's literally the it's the river's now just being choked with with uh, reeds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He climbs back on the boat and she's like ah and screams because he got leeches all over his back. Mm-hmm. And lucky for him, only on his upper body and calves. Nowhere else. You've, you've seen Stand by Me, right? Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly, yeah. That's the first thing I was thinking about. Uh, and, and he's like, oh, get the salt. And they put salt on the leeches, which the leeches are like, ugh, too much sodium for me, I'm on a diet, and fall Are they off. just confusing that with how snails work? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm Maybe, sure snails, yes. uh, leeches don't love salt, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, they get the leeches off of them. Yep, he, Which, he gets his shirt ripped off when mm-hmm. all the ladies in the audience get just their see, panties a goosh. You get to see a sad, sunken, no Bogart chest, <laughs> emphysema chest. He's like, it's like he's like and smalls it, from the from this, the sandlot, but with ape arms. Is this exact scene when Dylan said, "And that's why I'm a lesbian"? <laughs> exactly this. <laughs> when I saw this when I was nine years old, this is what turned me forever. <laughs> this is what I could have to look for as a straight woman. No thanks. <laughs> oh god but yeah which doesn't matter anyway because they're, they're still stuck and so he has to get back in the water anyway which yeah this is really to... showing his devotion to get them out of there is that like despite just like this whole freak out about the leeches he's just he's gonna go back and just keep on trucking yeah, yeah. and later she joins him to that's what i like too plants it like he's he's the boat i guess bogart had real issues with leeches too because even john houston supposedly suggested that they use real leeches for that scene and bogart was like get the fuck out of here but then who wouldn't be like that? exactly but then i guess even john houston to put like uh to to put bogart off his feet even more actually did have uh live uh leeches brought to the set just to put him off just to like you know just to squick him out so in that scene he acts extra grossed out just because he knows there's like leeches right out of camera shot he's just like oh he's just holding up the jar being like yeah and i do love like they make a they they don't make a huge thing out of it but it is kind of noble that that bogart just gets right back into the water after having these leeches ripped off and then i like they don't linger on that too long because then they show that yeah that rosie's doing exactly the same thing and they're both like just trying to drag this thing through the goddamn shallow water it's a mess Mm And then uh, later, she joins him to... Oh, I read that. Yeah. Uh, at some pulling point, it with ropes, yeah. Yeah, they, they run aground, and he's feeling all weak and shit, and he's bundled up with a blankie on the boat. He sees. And, and she tells him to get some sleep, and when they wake up, they'll be moving again. And he tells her that even if they had all their strength, they'd be totally fucked. But he's not one bit sorry he came. Because he got to meet her gravel face. So he goes to sleep. She says a prayer. 
Hey, don't judge us, God, because we're weak. Judge us for our love. Come on, help us out here, God. Come on. Yeah, so I, I like the fact that she's a missionary actually plays into the plot just a little bit here. I mean, it's, mm. a, little, it's a little goony. I'm sure lots of people, especially atheists who watch this movie, get all like, <laughs> but, like, they turn into Catherine Hepburn. That's <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. Um, but... Yeah, so she goes to sleep, and as she's asleep, their prayers get answered, and it starts to rain. Yeah, and the, well, the camera pans up to show the lake is like hundred oh, yards away. That's like uh, it's funny because like I, l- l- reading up about this, this is supposed to be like one of the most iconic shots in the film, just to show how close they were to actually getting out of there. If they had just like stuck with it for literally like like ten more minutes, they would have been out of there. But yeah, yeah which the, that's an extra gut punch right there at the moment. You think, oh man, they really are make it wiped out here. But nope, yeah. yeah. But then Shazam, it's raining upstream. Baby Jesus with, heard her prayers. Yep, with footage of uh, the the crew using a hose to spray various animals <laughs> to exactly, annoy them. Yeah. Uh, they, they wake up the next day to the water. It's hard to find being... stock footage of rain <laughs> animals and actually in Africa, but yeah. yeah. Color footage, no less, at this time. Yeah, they wake up the next day, the water level's being higher, and then floating in the lake. I'm yeah. pretty excited about the whole thing. So essentially, so, I guess all the marshes and stuff have been flooded out, and like, yeah, it's literally lifted the boat over the marshes. So now, now they're on the open lake. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and also, also Bogart's instantly healed too. Yep, he's Rose only been sick good. sick for like four hours, but now he's like, oh hey, I'm back to normal. Oh hey, I'm now I'm suddenly Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> I want this to get remade with Rodney Dangerfield and what's your face from Back to School. Somebody else who's dead? Is she dead? She might be. If I don't know. He's sure to play his love interest dead. Back to school. She might be dead. So Have you Rose seen Back is... to School? No. It was on cable all over the weekend, and I caught bit, big huge, and I was like, man, Back to School's fucking hilarious. Anyway. Okay. It's got Kurt Vonnegut in it, for Christ's sakes. Anyway, Well, say no more, good sir. Ah. <sighs> So Russ says they, they need to get moving, get away from the reeds where they can breathe, and the air is so good. And he says, shit, yeah, that air is good. It's like a good cup of gin. But oh shit, it's just Louisiana in the distance. It's so they go back in the reeds, mm-hmm. and they hide it out in there. The boat don't see them, uh, but the boat will be back in time. It's time to start building torpedoes. And they'll take the queen out at night and ram the fuck out of that shit. Do they really show him building their torpedoes? Because that's another thing the movie... Not really? ...could could gloss over. Because, like, you think he would, again, he would need some kind of cutting tools to cut the ends off and to weld the tops back on. He's made some blasting caps out of nails, wood, and Yeah, he mentions that later, soft wood, and, like, yeah. uh, It's kind of just... I mean, that's not the point of the film, but it is kind of... Like when you're putting characters like this in such dire straits, it does help the, the for the movie to more explain exactly how they're being saved by stuff. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. And uh, the Louisiana will come back the next day, and while they're waiting, they're gonna clean the fuck out of the African queen and make the most British frag to wave from the frag. Yeah. They're gonna make a British flag. We've been drinking all episodes. Starting to hurt. We're all bro, we're all turning into Bogart. Um, 
But yeah, if they're gonna send off the African Queen, they're gonna do it in style. So they, they like, well, he, well, I, I guess while Bogart is turning the uh, the oxygen cylinders into missiles, uh, the the cat, uh, Rosie's, uh, she is she's painting up the hull. I don't know where she got the British flag from. I guess it was in her suitcase. Uh, she made it. Yeah, which with, doesn't matter because it instantly whatever's. falls apart in about five minutes anyway. But yeah, yeah. So Maybe it's made uh, out of paper. Well, they're- while they're putting that on the mast, he tells her it's a one-man job, and she's like, I agree with you all. But she says she'll be the one that goes, and he stays behind. But he's like, well, the engine breaks, what are you gonna do? I'll come down and I'll do something to it, and I'll fix it up. And she's like, well, you've convinced me, alright. It's a two-person job. But, uh, nope, she'll be put on the east shore, and she'll only be in his way. And he's the captain, and that's the way it's gonna be. And she's like, oh, shit. I suppose I was in the way back on the river, too. And what you said was a big old lie. Oh, Charlie. Our first quarrel. I love that. That's my favorite line of the whole goddamn movie. <laughs> the fact in the heat of the moment, their first... I mean, they've been they've been fighting all movie, but like the the fact that she's romanticizing the the fact that this is their first argument since they've been fucking is just I, that's just, <laughs> a, just such a great character moment for her, and the yeah. way she's just like, oh, so she, it's just yeah, I thought it was very sweet. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, they talk she... about Kenya, how they have to keep on getting to Kenya, which I was I guess maybe <laughs> that's is how British people pronounce Kenya, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Which granted, I'm so, sure as an Americans we're not pronouncing it correctly either, but yeah. Kenya. Well, he just he just can't bear the thought of something happening to her. Not that anything would happen, but uh Yeah. And but she just wouldn't want to go on without him. And it's uh, all right. She'll be at the teller. He'll be at the engine just like always. And here comes the Louisiana right on time. And then suddenly it's night. <laughs> yeah. Just, and all nuts Was the boat coming caps. at them? Eh, kinda. Okay. Eh, I was looking at pornography well, when this happened. Makes makes sense. All the photoshopped uh <laughs> This romantic Catherine scene of Hepburn. them getting together and stuff, and I'm just like, where's the FUDA folder? <laughs> <laughs> all the Catherine Hepburn FUDAs. That's the that's the best pack. That's the best thing. If you can get photos of uh, 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 Catherine Hepburn with uh, Bogart's dick, it's the best of both worlds. It's like mm. a transporter accident happened in your pants. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so anyway, they Food they kinda. they put the blasting caps on the makeshift Food torpedoes kinda. and head out into the lake and yeah. dramatic music and shit. As another storm beats on their boat and the boat is taken on water. Bow, not bow. And they gotta get the nose no- up, and oopsie do nose, they're sinking. I guess in retrospect, this is God working on their side too. I mean, maybe? maybe this is the third last, maybe this is the third and final act of God in this in this movie that kind of saves their lives. Because maybe, maybe if uh, the storm hadn't happened, they would have accidentally blown themselves up along with the African Queen, or gotten captured, or I don't know who knows. But yeah, the the storm kicks in within thirty seconds. The boat is uh, flooded and then capsizes, and the fl- even the flag randomly is tattered out of the blue for no reason. There's a shot of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what happened to the flag? <laughs> This is like this. This is why I'm suggesting it's an act of God because it's not just even a natural storm. It happens so quickly, and even the flag gets destroyed for no reason. I'm like, this is like an. This really is like an act of God as much as anything else in this film. But it's made out of toothpaste and floss. Something, yeah. Who knows? But yeah. So yeah, everything's yeah, fucked. So so all nut gives her a life preserver, and the boat gets flips turned upside down, and 
It sinks and he loses sight of her. Rosie! 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 Sounds like a dog. Got lost at the mall. Pretty much. So later he winds up on the German boat. Yeah, just smash cuts. He's already on a boat. Like, yeah. They waste no time with exposition. This is when he says he's British, which I was like, did they forget to change that to Canadian? I that's entirely maybe he's just saying that just to fuck with them because he obviously doesn't give a fuck now that he's like he, now that he thinks he's lost Rosie he doesn't seem to give a fuck about anything so I guess he's just yeah. like whatever question they ask he just ans- answers in the affirmative he's just like whatever I don't care doesn't matter yeah. doesn't matter doesn't matter yeah I yeah. swam to the island lying for get you a hanging uh, who cares <laughs> I do love like even because usually in most Bogart films there'd at least be a pithy response and this this shows how like distraught he is over the like presumed loss of Rosie that he's just he just can't even muster a fuck you or anything like that it's just like uh, who cares yeah it really because yeah. he, he doesn't care like did yeah, you recognize him. the German with the mustache no he's from he's the uh, uh, the Russian ambassador in Doctor Strangelove Ooh. Ooh. Do we do Ooh. Have we done the Doctor Strange Love on the podcast? Yeah, that was like episode four. Yeah, or six say, or that was a like long that. time ago. Yeah, I remember having seen it not that long ago, but I wasn't didn't know if it was for the show. He was also apparently in Doctor Doolittle. Huh. Is that the same guy who's also in Babylon 5? I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know why. Last... I saw one of the Germans who wound up and and he played like a rabbi in Babylon Five. Of all the things. last thing he did was in 1983. He did Yellow Beard. So I don't think it was uh, him. Uh, okay, yeah. Because he died in 1984. No, that's not it. Yeah, some somebody else on this. Yeah, okay, yeah. Glad to see some of these Germans guys came out and had a successful career. Yeah. yeah. So they'll hang him uh, without that step upper lip. It looked like he don't kind of care too much. So then they bring a woman on the ship, which Bogart calls out, Rosie, Rosie. And then they're like, who is that? And he's like, I fucking, I don't know. <laughs> he's like, I don't know who it is. And they're like, you called her name. And he's like, I, 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 I thought like, she was someone else. She I looks like a Rosie. I, what do you know? I should hang you twice, I think. So then they ask who she is. And she tells them. And they ask what she was doing on the lake. And she's like, we were boating. In this weather, we were not responsible for the weather. That's one of the most Catherine Hepburn lines in this whole movie. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty good. Ugh. So she finds out that Humphrey Bogart's going to be hanged. Uh, so she tells him what they were going to sink that ship that with torpedoes. I do Charlie gets, yeah, if we're going to die, might as well just tell him what was up anyway, so fuck it. Yep. And Charlie gets very proud and tells them how they made a torpedo, and they're both very proud about their plan that didn't work at all. And I love how completely incredulous the Germans are, too. They're just like, what? Like, every step of, of their plan, they're like, well, wait, what? Like, how did you come down the river? Did you guys yep. really think you could build missiles to blow us up? Like, like, yeah. That like, river not is inevitable. Really... Yeah. Nevertheless, we did it. Because we're fucking awesome. That, that's and pretty much the tenor of this whole scene. In the yeah. African Queen. Uh, which is uh, all barely hanging out in the just above the waterline. So they take him out into the bow of the ship. And they're about to get hung when Bogart's like, Hey, captains can marry people, right? You want to marry us? Let's marry us. <laughs> so uh, the, the German captain's like, Hey, oh, okay, you guys is married now. 
And then they put the nooses around the neck, and I think they were just going to lift them up the ground. And, I guess so. And hang Oh, them. you're not going to say it? You're not going to... You didn't quote the, the line of all lines from this film? What's that? It's the best line. It's the whole reason this movie exists. I now pronounce you man and wife. Proceed with the execution. Oh, okay. This, that is this whole movie in a nutshell. It's fucking hilarious. I, yeah, mm. it's, it's, it's pretty goddamn cute. Yeah. And again, like watching it with Dylan, she was like, she she knew that line perfectly, said it with the German accent. Proceed with the execution. Yeah. Mm. Mit Eildine. Yeah. yeah, Hansel. 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 Hansel? Yeah, they're going to send Bogart and Hepburn off to the land of chocolate. Yep. So they almost get hung, but kaboom kablams, there's explosions. They've run into the Africa Queen. This and is fire. an abrupt ass ending to this movie. Yep. I mean, I know the movie telegraphs it because, like, at, in between, like, uh, the interstitial between the, the uh, Bogart and, uh, and, uh, Hepburn being captured, they go out of their way to show Africa, the corpse of the African queen is out there. It's got the torpedo still mounted. They even show that the 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 uh, the Louisa boat is heading straight towards it. Like you're not really surprised by this, but it is still just like yeah, the camera shakes and it's like what yeah. the hell's going on? People are running everywhere and fires and explosions and people throwing a cat overboard. And <laughs> yeah, and pandemonium as the Louisa sinks. For such somehow, a giant gunship, this boat got fucked up quickly. Yep. Somehow, Rosie and Charlie are all alone in the water. Yeah, you see that some of the Germans are still in the water, but they're somehow completely disconnected from Rosie and and uh, Charlie. That and Charlie are now by themselves mm-hmm. with the wreckage see- of the African Queen. Like the 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 name, the bow plate pops up in the water, and they're like, "Oh, the African mm-hmm. Queen saved us. That ship worked. Wow, what an amazing theft." And he starts singing the song as they swim towards the shore. And I guess the Germans that are a couple dozen yards away aren't much of a threat anymore? I guess not. Maybe they didn't... They threw their guns over the water and now their guns don't work because they got wet or something? And those are the only three Germans to survive off the entire crew, I guess? The end. The end. But I do like how they tie the fate of the German gunship. It's not just... It's not just... Even though it's framed as as such, I do like it's not just uh, uh, Rosie's revenge, but like it's also a patriotic cause. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know if they, they if they can take out the gunship, that'll open up the the British can come in and take over the the lake, and if they can take over the lake, that suddenly like opens up the way for all even more British troops to come flooding into East Africa and all this stuff. And it was interesting that the, the documentary I watched about this was talking about actually patriotism was actually a big impetus for making the film. Because this is the early 50s. It was right at the dawn of McCarthyism. And I guess uh, Hepburn and Houston and Bogey were all such left-leaning, bleeding hearts that they were under severe suspicion of... Not Charlie McCarthy. That's the puppet. (laughs) Who's the guy who did McCarthyism? McCarthy. Larry McCarthy. I forget his first name. Larry McCarthy. That's... They were, like... They they, they were under heavy scrutiny from the government and stuff at the time. And they said, ah, fuck it. Let's get out of the country for a while and make a movie. And so they're like, hey, let's go to Africa. Let's do this African queen thing. It's just an excuse to get get away from Hollywood and the American government and all this shit. And, Mm -hmm. uh... Which... Uh, yeah. So... I thought that was kind of interesting. This is, I mean, I guess for John Houston it was a vacation because I guess he was a huge big game hunter, 
And so that was the other half of the reason why he wanted to film this movie in Africa, so he can go big game hunting. But I do like nice. half of it was also like, let's get away from America. America's a piece of shit right now. Let's let's just go on, not quite on vacation, but anyway. But yeah, what do you think of the African Queen? It's fine. Yeah, it's good. It's good enough. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I've always mentioned this on the, all the time, but like this is another one of those movies that doesn't benefit from really being oversold, but it is good if you just kind of come to it on its own terms. Yeah, surprisingly like, good enough for a, a movie about two people made out of sandpaper floating down a river. Just, yeah, not even arguing, but just kind of being a little bit flirty, a little bit incredulous towards each, each other, but then suddenly, like, let's kill a whole bunch of Germans if we can. <laughs> Which, yeah. that's never a bad idea. Um, at least in the 20th century. Maybe now it's not such a great idea, but... Yeah, um, yeah it's fine. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Anything else you got for me about this movie um, since you watched the documentary? Okay, I just let you... Yeah, that's what I don't matter. Uh, so, The African Queen is based off a book by the same guy who created Horatio Hornblower. Uh, in the book, Charlie and Rosie fail to blow up the German ship and are just picked up by some British troops at the end rather than the Germans. Um, the ending is very similar, though, like, because it is, they, everything kind of generally happens, at least in the end, where, like, they're about to go blow up the German ship, but then the storm comes in, and the ship, ca- and the African Queen capsizes, but, mm-hmm. yeah, instead of just suddenly flash-forwarding forwarding them to them on a German boat being captured, now they're just, like, with a bunch of British soldiers, and they're like, well, well, our mission to f- uh, blow up that British ship failed, but, hey, at least we've got each other, and that's how the book ends, I guess. And I guess originally they were also that was going to be, yeah, in the book in the original script, Bogart's or no, the in the original in the book in the original script, um, that that's the way it was supposed to be. They, they were going to film that, and but I guess during filming, John Huston and everyone else realized that they liked the characters so much that they wanted them to have them succeed. Because I guess John Huston and everyone else that so much of the appeal of this movie was the fact that both Charlie and Rosie were such like lovable losers. Uh, mm-hmm. that they wanted to stick with that to the end, but then they realized that the characters were such so empathetic that you wanted to at least give them one some kind of a small victory at the end, and so that's when they were like, "Well, what if, what if their actual like their actual plan fails, but they still end up succeeding overall by accident?" And they thought that was a pretty good uh, compromise, essentially. And so yeah, that's what the wound up being in the finished film. Yeah. Um, in the book, in the original script, Bogart's character is a Cockney Brit, but was changed into a Canadian since there, yeah, there's no way in hell Bogey was going to be able to pull off any kind of an accent. <laughs> I would have loved to have fucking seen that. That would have, yeah, man, people make fun of Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins, but seeing, <laughs> seeing Bogart go, hello, hello, oh man, I'm trying to even think of what that would even sound like. Bogart trying to be Cockney. Not even British, I, but like, hello. Yeah, I can't, I can't. Oh, it. no. <laughs> she would probably sound like Hoggle a little bit. Um, yeah, and I mentioned, uh, yeah, the movie was half as much an excuse for John Huston to go hunting as anything else. He spent half <laughs> the filming time in Africa looking for elephants to shoot. Uh, his time in Africa eventually became the basis for the book slash film White Hunter Black Hearts. Oh. Uh, the film being directed by Clint Eastwood. I guess that was one of Clint Eastwood's first movies in the early 80s. Um, legend says that everyone on the crew got sick except for Bogey and Houston because all they drank was the booze that they brought with them. And, yeah, this movie was the only, uh, movie that gave Bogart an Oscar. And this has nothing to do- that, that's all the trivia I have for the film. Gotcha. What do you think? About what? The movie? Anything. 
Okay, I just want to make sure we're done with the film itself. Uh, yeah. I just, this is one tiny thing. This has nothing to do with the film or our next project, but uh, just uh, a big ol' uh, rest in peace to listener Jonathan Mitchell's cat, Mr. Cat, who I guess oh. uh, uh, went away this weekend. And You uh, sound way too chipper about that. No, I just wanted to give a little shout-out, because Jonathan Mitchell's our only listener. Yeah, <laughs> We only I'm do sorry. this podcast for him at this point. You were... <laughs> You were just like, hey, sorry about your cat. Hey, yeah. your cat is gone. Now, he posted photos of the cat. I mean, just by the virtue of the fact that the cat's name was Mr. Cat, you have to mm. be. I mean, it's a sad, you know, a dead cat's always yeah. kind of sad. But when oh, it's Mr. Pat's cat, a I'll boo yeah. Sorry, Mr. Cat. Sorry, Mr. Cat. So you want to want to do what we're going to do next? Yeah, I don't know what we're doing next, so I'm, I'll clench my butthole. Tell me what we're doing next. <laughs> don't clench too hard. Hopefully you're down with this. We're going to see. We're going to do. We're going to cover if if if, if Daniel agrees to it. We're going to do the 1985 production of <laughs> WrestleMania One. What? <laughs> that was the response I was hoping for. <laughs> Excuse I, me. I said what? Sincere. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, it's one of Shakespeare's well most well known plays. <laughs> WrestleMania one. Do you know anything about wrestling? Yeah, no. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> I, to be fair, to give it a fair shot, I wanted to watch it before I suggested because <laughs> I didn't want to be like, "Oh, that's a good idea," but then be in the middle of watching it, going, "Oh my god, I've made a terrible mistake." <laughs> How? Actually, I should ask. Like, do, what's what's your history with wrestling? Do you care much about wrestling at all or anything uh, like that? I actually watched quite a bit of it back in the uh, late nineties. Okay, so you're familiar familiar with all? Were you like watching like WCW or anything like or WWE? No, or? just WWF. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. See, this is like I was never really into wrestling too much as as a kid because I, I like I said I'm like like a better part of a decade older than you, not an entire decade, but like seven years older, you're five years older than you, or though. something like that. But like, I would, but when like wrestling was big when I was a kid. It was like the Hulk, the Incredible mm. Hulk, Stinky Hulk. <laughs> but it was only all the older, cartoonier guys. It was like you're right, yeah. Ma- Macho Man, Randy Savage, and stuff like that. And uh, just recently, I've been hearing a lot of wrestling talk from the Giant Beast cast, mostly from the from Giant Bomb guys, talking about yeah. wrestling stuff. And they were talking about WrestleMania stuff. And then I was like, hmm, I typed, I was looking around in the internet dumpster, and I was like, I wonder if WrestleMania is out there, like the original old WrestleMania. And I did find a copy of WrestleMania One. And I was like, on a lark, I watched it to see, like, okay, I just want to make sure you had any interest in wrestling at all, because if you didn't, I was going to maybe suggest we don't do it, but if you're at least familiar with some of the drama and stuff like that, um, there's already a copy of it in in, in our uh, Dropbox folder, so you can check it out too, but yeah, I like, it would be interesting to go back to like the dawn of like nationalized professional wrestling as we know it. And I was actually watching this weekend. Well, I, this is stuff that I get repeated next week if we actually do this, uh, do WrestleMania. But like g- looking back at, on it now and knowing for sure that it was all fake as an mm-hmm. adult, it is interesting to see like the performance of it. Like, I mean, you're into dancing, and this isn't quite dancing, but there is a lot of physicality and stuff to this. And it's only two hours long. It's not. It's not like twelve hours. It's 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 yeah. It's it's not. Yeah, I don't know. But we'll see. I thought this would be an interesting change of pace. And there, yeah. and there, there are heroes and villains, and there is kind mm-hmm. of a story, a little yeah. bit, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. 
Yeah, so if we again, if we do this next week, you don't you don't have to feel too obligated to take quote unquote story notes because there's not much story notes other than just jotting down what the matches were and who won, which yeah. I'll take care of that. But like, if you make any want to make any notes of, but yeah, I mean this is this is gonna be involving Andre the Giant and the Hulk. And pretty much all the big early stars, except for Racho, Macho Man Randy Savage, the one person we yeah. actually did make a reference to earlier in this episode. Yeah. Um, okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> Why the fuck not? Yeah, it's too... You know what? And the other thing I was thinking, well, if you have to t- take care of the baby while watching it too, it's good noise for him to like... It's, it should be a good distraction because you don't have to really pay attention to the sound. You can keep the sound down and he can just watch mm-hmm. the people body slam each other. Yeah, so I guess next time, WrestleMania. <laughs> WrestleMania! And I wanted to go out on a good note before awful April starts. We've got mm-hmm. WrestleMania and whatever you have up next up your sleeve, and then it's we're going to do awful April. So at least I wanted to make sure my last thing was at least, at least, who knows? I will see how you think about it. But I, again, I watched it this week, and I didn't think it was that bad. It was actually kind of a really interesting blast for the past. But okay, we'll talk about yeah, that next week in detail. Me. WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, no. What's oh, what's that sound? It's the steamboat coming back to pick us up and take us and build. Known as Mudron on Twitter and me, the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter, to Tardy Podcast on Twitter and TardyPodcast.com. We're gonna chug down, drink our gin, and we're mixed with our terrible rock stars. (laughs) Yeah, God, my, I cannot believe what whatever. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. That was a bad Is idea. It, we'll be doing that until until next time when we tackle WrestleMania. We'll see you guys in the square circle. A non-tardy podcast. Tardy the party. Yeah. We're going to do it next time. These are the moments that I'm glad to have a podcast with you. Where you're just like, okay, but what? No. no. Yeah, okay. And until next time, keep filling your holes with black coffee. Yeah, I don't know why. Everybody, toot toot. There was a bold fisherman set sail from off Billingsgate to catch the bold piggy and the gay macaroo. But when he got off Pimlico, the winds did begin to blow, and the little boat wibble wobbled so that overboard went he singing to Inky Deedle was a highly interesting song that he sung Bogey, that's great. After that, shrimp boats is a going. That's all I can say. Baby, you're not going to get shut out here. Aren't you going to do a chorus? Okay. If you think you're a baritone, Crosby, wait till you hear her. <laughs> Quiet. Yes, ma'am. Down, boy. Down, down, boy. Out there on the briny deep, he met with a mermaid. They had cocktails and mussels, for her name was Malone. Her hair was seaweed, fine as lace. Her form curved with lovely grace But unfortunately she had a face Like a gay macaroon She sang to wink, kiddie-dum To wink, 
was the highly interesting song that she sung. <laughs> Twinkie-deedle-dum, Twinkie-deedle-dee-bow-fisherman. <laughs> That's very stylish. <laughs> that was wonderful, baby. Your turn, Brain. Cut yourself a little piece of this. Here we go. He swam to the bottom then and lived very happily a singing and a dancing to the lobster quadrille. <sighs> Quiet. Yes, sir. And all when it was time to sup he'd milk a whale and fill his cup and with a swordfish he'd open up a can of sardines <laughs> Singing Twinkie-deedle-dum Twinkie-deedle-dee Was the highly interesting song that he sung Twinkie-deedle-dum Twinkie-deedle-dum Oh, now for the big finish Bo-fi-ish. There's a low note coming here. Who's going to grab it? I got it. Man. 